Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit this way, the path live. gets brighter and brighter. God's idea is that our lives get bigger and bigger. More influence, more opportunity, more resources. You may feel stuck. You haven't seen this happen, but this is a new day. Things are about to turn in your favor. If you'll get your hopes up, start expecting God's goodness, you're going to come into a bigger life, to a new level of your destiny. See, for years, I thought I was living a big life. I was happy, a beautiful wife, good job. I loved working behind the scenes here at Lakewood. Didn't seem like it could get any better than that. But when my dad went to be with the Lord and I stepped up to pastor the church, God began to open new doors, brought talent out of me that I didn't know I had, helped me to write books, gave us the former compact center, taken me places that I've never dreamed of. Looking back now, I realize what I thought was big was not big at all. God's idea of living large is much different than ours. You may have seen God's blessings in the past, but you need to get ready. You haven't seen anything yet. Where God is going to take you, the doors He's going to open, the people you're going to meet, the promotion, the good breaks, the influence is going to supersede anything you've imagined. God's prepared a wide, spacious life for you. Now, my challenge is don't live with a small mentality. Don't water down your dreams accepting less when you know God has created you for more. Please say, Joel, I'm doing okay. Can't complain. Got a roof over my head. Got a job. I'm making it. That's good. We should be grateful. We should be content. What I'm saying is don't settle there. Don't let that become permanent in your thinking. I've learned if we live in mediocrity long enough, it can become normal to us, to where we think that's all there is. If you see lack, dysfunction, struggle, addictions on a regular basis, it can become ingrained in you where you think that's the way it's supposed to be. We adapt to our environment. If you take a fish that's supposed to grow to two feet long and you put him in a small aquarium, that fish will never become what it was created to be. Not because there's something wrong with the fish, but because of the environment that it's in. You may be in a limited environment right now. Perhaps you can't do anything about that. The key is don't let the environment get in you. Don't let mediocrity become the norm. That may be where you are, but that is not who you are. You are a child of the Most High God. The Creator of the universe has breathed His life into you. Let these words sink down into your spirit. A wide, open, spacious life. That means a life free from addictions and bad habits. A life where you're happy, healthy, whole, fulfilled. A life of abundance, more than enough, an overflow life. See, the enemy wants to contain you, but God wants to enlarge you. Break out in your thinking. Stay open to new possibilities. One time in the scripture, Peter had been fishing all night. The next morning, 
Jesus came to him and asked him if he could borrow his boat to teach the people from the shores. When he finished teaching, he wanted to pay Peter for the use of his boat. He said to Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets. Nets with an S, plural. Well, Peter began to reason it out. He said, Jesus, we fished all night. We didn't catch anything. Morning's not the best time to fish. He came up with excuse after excuse. Almost talked himself out of it. The last moment, he decided to go ahead and do it. But the scripture says, Peter went out and let down his net, singular. In other words, Jesus said, Peter, I've got an abundant life for you. I've got a wide, spacious life. But Peter thought, ah, it's not going to happen for me. There's no fish out there. I never get any good breaks. So he went out and let down his net. He caught so many fish that it began to break. But a lot of times we're like Peter. God says, I want you to live a big life, an abundant, fulfilled life where you're gaining new ground. I want to take you where you've never been, show you influence, favor, good breaks that you've never seen. But there is a catch. You have to let down your nets. You have to make room for it in your thinking. You can't think small, believe small, expect small, and expect to live this large life. If you just let down your net, thinking, God, help me survive. Help me to make it through this month. Help me to live with this addiction. Help me to maintain where I am. You will miss the fullness of what God has in store. Why don't you start letting down your nets? Why don't you say, God, I'm in agreement with you. I believe you have a wide open, spacious, abundant life in store for me. So I'm going to believe that my whole family is going to serve you. I'm going to believe that I'm going to come out of debt be a blessing to others. Believe in to start my business, to build that orphanage, to meet the person of my dreams. If you'll start letting down your nets, God will open doors that you could never open. Bring the right people across your path. He'll take you where you've never dreamed. But too often... We let how we were raised, what we saw modeled growing up, set the limits for our life. If our parents had addictions, bad habits, the people that raised us lived in lack and mediocrity, we think that's our lot in life. People tell me, Joel, I've gone as far as my parents. I've accomplished as much as my grandparents. I'm doing good enough. No, God is a progressive God. He wants every generation to increase. Your parents, your relatives... They laid the foundation. You're not supposed to settle there. You're supposed to build off of what they did. That's not a resting place where you can put down your stakes. That's a stepping stone for you to rise higher, a launching pad for you to go further. Don't get comfortable and settle there. Yes, you may have seen some mediocrity growing up, but God is counting on you to be the difference maker. In other words, Maybe nobody in your family made great, good grades in school. You be the one to make good grades. Maybe none of them went to college. You be the one to go to college. They didn't live in a nice house. That's okay. They did the best they could with what they had. But don't you settle there. You have more advantages than they had. You have more wisdom. You have more opportunity. There is more available to you. Your relatives may have let down their net, singular, But the good news is, you know better, you can let down your nets. You can dream bigger, you can believe bigger. Start living large. Start taking steps of faith. Stretching 
growing, learning. There's a wide, spacious life prepared for you. I saw a documentary about a professional thief. This man was extremely intelligent. The way he planned his burglaries was very fascinating. He used incredible strategy. For 21 years, he burglarized homes without being caught. He never hurt anyone. He would only do it if the people weren't there. The police were so frustrated. They brought in federal agents. Some of the most skilled detectives around still couldn't catch him. After 21 years, because of this fluke, he was caught. This man did not look like a thief. He looked like a typical middle-class business person. The police were very puzzled. They asked him, with all of your talent, your expertise, your skill, why did you choose a life of crime? I'll never forget his answer. He said, this is all that I know how to do. He went on to tell how he came out of a dysfunctional family and other relatives were involved in the same type of things. What was his problem? He had been raised in a limited environment. He made the mistake of letting the environment get in him. He saw dysfunction growing up and thought that was his lot in life. Like that fish in a small aquarium, there was nothing wrong with him. He had the talent, the intellect. God had a wide life planned for him. But because of limited thinking, he was living it in a small way. Don't let how you were raised or even the environment you're in right now convince you to settle where you are. Get rid of that old wineskin. I wanted to say to this man, if you could successfully steal for 21 years, outsmarting some of the brightest minds around, don't you think you could run your own business? Don't you think you could earn your master's degree? Don't you think that you could help businesses develop strategies to grow, use your gifts for productive purposes? Had a young man tell me after the service a while back how the only thing he knew how to do was sell drugs. He came out of a rough neighborhood, dropped out of high school. His parents were never around. A lot of odds were against him. He said, Joel, I don't like doing it. I know it's not right, but I don't have any special skills. This is the only way I know how to make a living. I said, no, you're selling yourself short. You're smarter than you think. Selling drugs is not the only thing you can do. Think about this. If you can sell drugs, you have to know how to market your product. That's marketing. You have to know how to get the word out. That's advertising. You have to take care of your clients. That's customer service. You have to know when to sell, when not to sell. That's a management decision. The truth is, if you can sell drugs, you can sell stocks and bonds. You can sell medical equipment. You can sell electronics. God has a big life waiting for you. He has a purpose for you to fulfill an assignment for you to accomplish. He's put the right gifts and talents in you. He's already lined up the right people, the right opportunities. Here's the key. Don't let your heredity stop your destiny. Don't let what was passed down to you keep you down. Break out of a limited mindset. There is greatness in you. Your destiny is calling out. It's time to start living large. If you'll start throwing out your nets, having a bigger vision, believing that you're well able, like Peter, you'll come into a great hall. God will amaze you with his goodness. This is what my father had to do. He was raised in a limited environment. His parents were cotton farmers. They lost everything during the Great Depression. They didn't have enough food to eat. 
My dad would go to high school with holes in his pants, holes in his shoes. This poverty mentality had become ingrained in his thinking. We're poor. We're defeated. This is all I'll ever have. This is my lot in life. That's all he had ever seen. He didn't know any better. But at 17 years of age, my dad gave his life to Christ. God called him to be a minister. Something came alive on the inside. Those seeds of greatness began to take root. He heard a voice saying, this is not your destiny. You are not made to live a defeated life, but rather an overcoming, victorious, fulfilling life. There's something more in store. In his mind, this battle of containment was taking place. Negative voices telling him just the opposite. This is all there is. You'll never get out. Just accept it. His parents, my grandparents, were very loving people, kind, hardworking people, but they had a limited vision. They were living a small life. They said, John, you better not leave the farm. All you know how to do is pick cotton. He could have thought, yeah, you're right. I don't have the education, the talent, the connections, the money. I better just stay here. No, don't let people put their limitations on you. Something rose up in my father. He said, this is where I am, but this is not who I am. I may be in a limited environment, but I'm not going to let this environment get in me. I know I'm a child of the Most High God. I'm destined to leave my mark on this generation. He started throwing out his nets. Believing he could take new ground for his family. Believing to step into the wide, open, spacious life. At 17, he left home, and that's just what happened. God opened up big doors. He pastored great churches, touched people all over the world. God took him places that he never imagined. Here's the beauty. Because he stepped up and broke that poverty mentality, now my family, my brother, my sisters, we don't have to deal with it. Like my father, you can be the one to break the cycle of lack and defeat in your family. You can break the addictions, the bad habits. You can rise to a new level and go where no one in your family has ever gone. There's a large life waiting for you. Don't stay contained. Don't talk yourself out of it. If you'll think bigger, you'll live bigger. I saw an experiment that was done with four monkeys. They placed them in a room with a large pole in the center. The top of the pole was a bunch of bananas. The first monkey hurried up the pole, so excited, couldn't wait to get a banana. But just when he was about to reach for one, a large bucket of cold water was poured on him. He scurried down that pole as fast as he could. He didn't want to have anything to do with those bananas. A few minutes, the second monkey went up. Same thing happened. Poured the cold water on him. He turned around, ran back. Over the next hour, the other two monkeys went up, but once again, they were doused with water, came running back down. Day after day went by. Even though those monkeys loved bananas, they wouldn't dare go up that pole. At that point, the researchers removed one monkey and brought a new monkey in. This new monkey started going up the pole. When he did, the other three monkeys grabbed him, pulled him down, wouldn't let him go up. He tried again and again and again. They wouldn't let him. Finally, he gave up, quit trying. Researchers brought in another monkey, removed an original. Same thing. When he went up, the three other monkeys grabbed him. Eventually, the room was filled with dozens of monkeys, none of them the original. None of them had felt the dousing of water, but not one of them would go up that pole. 
They didn't know why. They just knew they couldn't have those bananas. Sometimes we're like these monkeys. We don't know why we can't do something great, why we can't accomplish a dream, why we can't break an addiction. All we know is nobody in our family has done it. Now they're pulling us down, telling us how we can't be successful, throwing water on our passion. Generation after generation being limited, pulled down because of wrong thinking. My message today is very simple. Go get your bananas. Somebody may have told you you can't do it. Nobody in your family did it. Daddy didn't do it. Granddaddy didn't do it. Great-granddaddy didn't do it. That's okay. This is a new day. You're the difference maker. Rise up and go get what belongs to you. Quit letting people pull you down. Your friends, your relatives, your co-workers, they may mean well, but God didn't put the dream in them. He put the dream in you. Don't let them talk you out of it. Don't settle where you are because everybody around you is stuck. Go get your bananas. Get me one while you're there. You've got to learn how to encourage yourself. You can't rely on people to keep you built up and cheer you on. Sometimes people will let you down. They'll try to keep you at the same level. They may not see what you can see. Paul said in Romans 3, what if they don't believe? Will their unbelief make the faith of God of no effect? One version says, so what if they don't believe? Just because somebody doesn't believe that you can do what God put in your heart, that doesn't change anything. You don't have to have everybody on board. You're never going to get all your relatives, friends, co-workers to cheer you on and support you. In fact, sometimes, and I say this respectfully, they'll be like these monkeys. They'll tell you, you really think you can do that? You really think you can break that addiction? Start that business, write that book? I don't think so. Nobody can climb that pole. Your attitude should be, again, respectfully, so what if they don't believe? I don't need their encouragement, their support, their prayers. I know this. Me and God are a majority. If God be for me, who dare be against me? I'm going to go get my bananas. Start encouraging yourself. I'm strong, I'm talented, I'm well able, I'm coming into my wide open spacious life. A friend of mine told how when he was six years old, the teacher gave the class an assignment. They had to write down what they wanted to be when they grew up. And he had seen a man on television that was very funny. And that was his dream as a little boy. He knew he wanted to be on television making people laugh. He wrote it down. He came from a low-income family, wore hand-me-down clothes, plus he had a problem with stuttering. The teacher started calling out the kids' names out loud and reading what they had written down. But when she came to his, she stopped and said, Stevie, will you please come up here? He walked to the front of the class, so proud, thinking that she was going to encourage him, cheer him on. It's just the opposite. She said, Stevie, what did you write down? He said, I wrote down that I want to be on television making people laugh. She said, now, Stevie, do you know anybody on television? He said, no, ma'am. She said, Stevie, has anyone in your family ever been on television? He said, no, ma'am. She said, then you need to take this back and write down something more realistic. As a six-year-old boy, he was confused. Up to that point, nobody had ever told him what he couldn't become. And this teacher, I'm sure she meant well, but like these monkeys, she was pulling him down. 
You can't do that. Nobody in this school does that. That night, Stevie told his father what happened, showed him the paper that he'd written down. He wanted to be on television. His father said, Stevie, put this in your top drawer. Every morning before you go to school, every night before you go to bed, you get this paper out and read it, and thank God that one day you will be on television. He did that year after year after year. Today, many years later, my friend Steve Harvey is on television seven days a week making people laugh. A great inspiration. Who told you you can't do something great? Who told you you can't accomplish your dreams? Who told you you'll never overcome that illness? Don't let the monkeys of life keep you from your destiny. Steve could easily be living a small life. If he had let those words take root, gone around thinking about them, that would have kept him from God's best. If you're going to live a large life, you have to delete the negative things that were spoken over you. You are not who people say you are. You are who God says you are. Don't let what they said contain you. For instance, you're just a C student. Delete that. You're an A student. You'll never get out of debt. Delete that. You will lend and not borrow. You can't accomplish your dreams. Delete that. You can do all things through Christ. You're not talented. You're not attractive. Delete that. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Friends, people don't have the final say. God does. And he says, I've prepared for you a wide, open, spacious life. Now get rid of the old wineskins. Start throwing out your net. This is a new day. God wants to take you where you've never been. He wants to show you something that you've never seen. If you will start living large, I believe and declare you're going to see new doors begin to open, new talent come out of you, new friendships, new opportunities, a new level of your destiny in Jesus' name. And if you receive it, can you say amen? We never like to close our broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me? Just say, Lord Jesus, I'll repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. Friends, if you prayed that simple prayer, we believe you got born again. Get in a good Bible-based church. Keep God first place. He's going to take you where you've never dreamed. As a thank you for your support of our ministry this month, Joel and Victoria would like to send you a copy of Joel's new series, Unlock Your Promise. In this new three-part series, Joel Osteen reminds you that God's promises are yours today. God will lead you to your destiny and use all things for your good. Request your copy of Unlock Your Promise today at joelosteen.com or call us toll-free. Number one New York Times best-selling author Joel Osteen delivers his newest book, Think Better, Live Better, now available. Pick up your copy at joelosteen.com. Your partnership makes this ministry possible. Your faithful and consistent monthly support makes you a champion of hope. The vision of Joel Osteen Ministries is to use every avenue available to present the hope of Jesus Christ to people everywhere. To partner with Joel Osteen Ministries, visit joelosteen.com slash partner today and become a champion of hope.
you have a dream God has put in your heart? Are you ready to see that dream become a reality? This month, TBN wants to build your faith with a new resource from Bishop T.D. Jakes and Pastor Mark Batterson titled, Turn Your Dream Into Your Destiny. These two gifted pastors will show you how to boldly fight for your God-given dream and victoriously step into your destiny. Every morning you wake up, you have a destiny to fulfill. And the reason I know you have a destiny to fulfill is you are not dead. When you run out of destiny, you will die. I think at some point you got to take that step of faith and say, even if I fail, this is a dream worth going after. Through this new multi-disc series that is both audio CD and DVD, you will step into your destiny. It is our thank you for your gift of support to TBN this month. And in appreciation for your gift of $60 or more, we'll also include the best-selling books, Destiny by T.D. Jakes and Chase the Lion by Mark Batterson. These great books reveal how life's greatest fulfillment comes from living your divine purpose and how you can fearlessly chase after your God-sized dreams. So to help you further unwrap the reality of all God has set in place for you, we'll also send you Bishop T.D. Jakes' complete six-DVD and six-CD series, Destiny Steps, in gratitude for your gift of support of $175 to TBN. Thanks to partners and friends like you, TBN is taking the gospel message of hope and grace to millions of souls all around the world. Call 800-201-5200 or go securely online to tbn.org slash giving to share a gift of support and request your copy of the Turn Your Dream Into Your Destiny DVD CD set. Or for your gift of $60 or more, we'll add the Destiny and Chase the Lion books. Or receive all these resources plus Bishop Jake's complete six DVD and six CD series. Destiny Steps for your generous gift of $175 or more. Call, click, or write today. I'd love to invite you to come on the adventure of the shack. This is an invitation right here on TBN. Up next, watch Joseph Prince proclaiming the gospel of grace on TBN. You're watching TBN, celebrating 43 years of God's miracles. The following paid program is sponsored by the friends and partners of Joseph Prince Ministries. Today with Joseph Prince. God hates sin. You know why God did with sin? He put it on Jesus. God loves sinners. How much does God hate sin? As much as God loves the sinner. We are so dependent on you, Lord Jesus, to open our understanding. None of us should think that we are wise men. The wise one is the one that depends on him to open the understanding every time they approach the scripture. Can I have a good amen? Hallelujah. Every heart drawn to Jesus. Amen. Every heart drawn to Jesus. When Paul wrote to Timothy, or rather to the church of Thessalonians, he says, I rejoice to see your work of faith, your labor of love, your patience of hope. So they have work, labor, and patience, but they don't have work of faith, labor of love, patience of hope. Faith, hope, and love is missing. And it's when we encounter the wonderful person of our Lord Jesus, faith, hope for the future, and love 
reigns supreme in our hearts. Can I have a good amen? When Jesus appeared to his disciples in his resurrected form in the upper room and they were afraid, the first word he said was peace. And then the Bible says, he showed them his hands and his sight. There is a solid foundation for peace. His wounds, the finished work, God's divine receipt. That all our sins he has borne away. His blood has efficaciously remitted all our sins and all the penalties for sins. And then he showed them his hands, his sight, when he rose from the dead. And he says, in Hebrew, Shalom. You have every reason to be at peace. Here are the divine receipt. Amen. In Romans 4, the very last verse says, He was delivered. Christ was delivered to the cross for our sins and was raised again from the dead for our justification. The word for is very interesting. It's a very interesting word in the Greek. It means on account of. Now, if you put the first part, he was delivered to the cross on account of our sins. How many can say amen? That's the only reason he went to the cross. He had no sins of his own to die for. He went to the cross on account of our sins. Then the following statement is also true. He was raised from the dead on account of our justification. Your King James says he was raised from the dead for our justification. All right? But it must be consistent with the for our sins, our offenses. He was delivered for our offenses on account of our offenses. He was delivered now on account of the fact that God has acquitted you. Jesus is raised from the dead. When Jesus rose from the dead, all hell shuddered. It was a reason for every believer to rejoice. And yet they were afraid. But the Lord came to them and said, Hey, shalom, guys, be at peace. Let your conscience rest. These are the divine tokens. Look at my hands. The nail-pierced hands. The driven side. These are the divine receipts that all your sins have been paid for in full. Now a thrice holy God cannot punish you twice. He cannot punish your surety, your substitute, and then punish you. That will make a thrice holy God unholy and unjust. Good news. Praise God. Amen. Good morning, church. Y'all blessed? Praise God. All right, let's dive right into the Word. I got lots to share with you, and uh, I believe it's going to bless you. It's one of those messages that I feel that the Lord has for us that He wants us to listen to again and again, especially when you're going through some specific trial, which I'll be mentioning afterwards. But let's do the 1 Corinthians 10, right up here. At this well-known verse, one of the first things that we learn, you know, we get saved in the Navigator's uh, memory verse pack. One of the first things they do is that they give you this verse to memorize. All right? There has no temptation overtaken. You see, I'm, I'm quoting from the old King James. This is the new King James. I still remember that little three by five card they want you to memorize. And um, um, it is for you to remember that when you're tempted. So the idea, the idea that when you're tempted to sin, you remember this verse. But actually the word uh, for temptation, parasmos, all right? Parasmos, temptation, 
it's not just temptation to sin. It's also trial. I said it's also trial. Parasmos, it's also trial. When, when, when the doctors give you a bad diagnosis, that's a trial in your life. Amen. When you hear that your business all right, uh, is not doing so well, you just receive news, report. All right, that's a trial of your faith. Amen. You hear bad news that, that uh, uh, one of your, ch- your child has been found doing this and doing that or whatever. That, that's a trial of your faith. Amen. So all that is under that one Greek word, parasmos. Okay? It can be a temptation or a, soli- or a solicitation to sin, to evil, or it's just a trial. Same word. I kind of wish there were more than one word, but it's the same word. So you have to see from the context, is it talking about temptation to sin? Or is it talking about trial, the vicissitudes of life that one goes through? So let's look at this, and you decide. No temptation, I'm going to use the interchangeably, no trial has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Hallelujah. Those three words is more than enough, man. I tell you, you can rest. You see, church, it's not so much the faith of a believer. Your faith is important. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's not so much the faith of the believer. It's the faithfulness of the promiser. By faith, Sarah received strength to conceive seed, for she judged him faithful. She didn't judge herself full of faith. She judged him faithful. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be Tested or tempted. <clears throat> now, remember, I'm using words interchangeably. Tempted or tested beyond what you are able, but with the testing will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, there seems to be a contradiction. Number one, with the testing, there is a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, usually the idea of bearing something with endurance all right, the long suffering, perseverance, or whatever means you stay in that problem. You don't escape. If you escape, the testing is no more testing. You found your way out. So it's like a, a contradiction. How can you bear something if there's a way out? All right? So I'm going to submit to you something you're going to learn here and going to bless you. Uh, it says here, with the temptation, how I many are glad that with the testing that comes, every testing, God promises that with the testing that comes, God will provide a way out. And the way out, notice that the way out, the way of escape, it's not the way of escape. It's actually one great word. Ek basis. Ek basis. I know it sounds Japanese, but it's Greek. Ek basis. Okay? Ek basis. Ek means out of. Basis is walk. If you literally walk out, exist. All right, one, one, one Greek word to put it in, in, in English as exist. The way out, the escape, the exit. You walk out. Ex basis. Amen. So it's one word. The way of escape is one word. Okay? And uh, if you look at the old King James, which many of us read from and I memorize from navigators, it's the old King James, it says, make a way to escape. With the temptation God makes, or testing God makes a way to escape. So the idea that I always have in my mind is this, that with every trial that comes, whatever the trial is, God's faithfulness is that he will always make a way to escape. All right? Make a way to escape. But, but in the Greek, I found out that it is not a, a way to escape. Because this idea, a way, we do not know what that way is. Now, right now, some of you are going through a trial. It's not funny. 
It hurts. Involves a loved one. Probably you are in semi-depression right now. Perhaps your problem is depression. You're thinking of ending your life. Don't do it. All right? Today's message will set you free. His name is Jesus. Amen. You're, you're going through something right now, and I'm here to tell you God has the answer for you. In fact, while, you know when I got a revival? My latest revival was while I was preparing this message. I, I, I kept from, from jumping in my, in my study because I know that if I jump with a revelation, my head would be sticking out in the roof. It was so, so, I tell you, it was such a wonderful thing. And I'm going to prove everything from the Greek, from the context. So those of you who are scholars and my wonderful critics, hallelujah, you can follow along in your Greek, okay? So pardon the Greek for those um, majority of you, you know, it, it sort of, uh, sort of like uh, uh, hinders the flow, but we are preaching to millions. And, and there are uh, scholars down there that I welcome, amen, because a good message will stick up to scholarly evaluation. Amen? But first and foremost, let me just say this. It's not a way to escape. In the Greek, it is definite article. The escape. The exit. The, the way out. The way out. The way out. The ekbasis. The way out. And I challenge any scholar to look it up. All right? That's why old King James is not very accurate. The new King James says, the way of escape. It's accurate. Now, when you say uh, that means with every testing, you have to find... A way. A way can be a new way. I said a way can be a new way. All right? You understand? There's always a way. There's always a way of escape. There's always a door there for you. That means it's general. You do not know what it is. But when you say the, you are pointing to something very definite. Are you listening, people? You are pointing to something very definite. What is this way out? What is the way out? A man was dying one time, a great man of God, Sir Walter Scott. As he, he knew we were going to heaven, and he smiled at his grand, uh, his son-in-law, and he says, and he has a, a, a thousands and thousands of books in his library. He told his son, go get the book. His son says, which book? He says, the book. There is only the book. Amen. He was referring to the Bible. Amen. So when you say the, there is only one way, no other way. Jesus is not a way. Jesus himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Ani ha direct. If your name is direct, means the way in Hebrew. Ani ha emet, the truth. Ani haim, the life. The. C.S. Lewis says, either Jesus is the world's, greatest, the world's greatest liar, or he is who he says he is. You cannot say he's a good man. You cannot, you cannot stay in between and say, no, he's not, he's not, he's not God in human flesh. He's not, he's not a, 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 you know, a bad man. You know, he, he's a good man. He was deluded. No, you cannot say that. It's either he meant what he said or he didn't mean what he said. He lied. Because he says he's the only way. I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Are you listening? So when it comes to the, it is a definite article. By the way, I decided a long time ago, he meant what he said. And, and we have seen the result of those who believe him. Amen. Amen. So, the way of escape, there must be something that the writer has in mind. And it's found in the context. Okay? It's, found, it's all found in the context. Before that, we look at that you may be able to bear it. All right, what is this word, bear it? It, down there, we left it untranslated because we're going to see that it's in the italics, which means it's not in the original Greek. 
All right? So we look at the word bear. The word bear is hupofero. Are you all doing fine so far? Can follow, right? Okay, hupofero. What is hupofero? What is hupofero? Hupo, hupo means under. When something comes under, it's hupo. Pharaoh is to be born along, like on a river, like a ship being born along. Now, I have, I have many, many word studies in my, in, my, in my library. One of the word studies says it like this. This is not from me, these words, okay? Hupo Pharaoh means like this, an undercurrent of a river carrying someone away. Carried safely away from danger. It's not this idea of bearing it, sit down there and you know, bear it. You know, it's the idea of the way out is actually, hey, God released more of his spirit to carry you out. Out of the danger. Can I have a good amen? Yeah. Oh, man, I'm telling you, carry it safely. All these words is not from Pastor Prince. Okay, these words are from word studies. One of the word studies uh, 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 books, one of the word studies materials that I have. So I'm putting it down word for word for you. Amen? Under Karen of a river, because the word hupo is under. All right? Caring is the word pharaoh. All right? Carried safely away from danger. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now we come to the revelation. Go back to 1 Corinthians 10, 13. All right? God makes the way of escape that you may be born, carried safely away from danger. So what is the context? Look at this. Now I'm going to show you my Bible. And I'm going to show you my finger and thumb. Okay. Now you see the context. I make sure that I, I make sure that I cut my fingernails first. So, <laughs> verse thirteen to sixteen. Can you see this? Now, this is from the Old King James. Uh, I use the Old King James a lot. Now, look at the context. Just two verses after that, it talks about the cup of blessing, verse sixteen, which we bless. Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ, the bread which we break? Is it not the communion of the body of Christ? I'm like, huh? All of a sudden, a trial, the way out. God will give you the way out. All right, you'll be born safely away from danger. And then two verses after that, it tells you, and it tells you like, I can only speak this, verse 15, to wise men. Judge you what I say. In other words, it's going to take a revelation here. I'm going to tell you something, it will take a revelation. You understand? It will take the wisdom of God. It will take spiritual intelligence. Are you ready for that? Amen. So when, when God, God first showed this to me, you know, I, of course I felt complimented. You know, it, it's only by the grace of God we can receive from Him. Remember the, the, the disciples in the upper room? The Bible says Jesus appeared to them. Then opened He their understanding, that they might understand the Scriptures. Until then, they didn't understand that He would die and rise again. Then opened He their understanding. We are so dependent on You, Lord Jesus, to open our understanding. None of us should think that we are wise men. The wise one is the one that depends on Him to open the understanding every time they approach the scriptures. Can I have a good amen? So, and then he says here, the cup of, this is communion. Verse 16 is communion. What about the cup of blessing? What have they got to do? And the bread, what have they got to do with the way of escape? The way out, the ekbasis, to walk out from your trial. What have they got to do with it? But before that, it says, Wherefore, verse 14, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. Now, the verses before verse 13 talks about idolatry. You know how he talks about idolatry? Same chapter. Right, let's go to verse 7. Do not become idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. He's quoting from the incident after they built a golden calf. You know what they did after they built a golden calf, the children of Israel? 
after they built a golden calf, they, 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 they sat down, ate, and drank offerings to the golden calf. That is idolatry, and they rose up. The word play there is the idea of orgies. They had part, wild parties. That's the word we will use today. All right? Not just party, wild parties. They sat down, eat, they ate. So the idea of eating and drinking before a foreign god, which is no god, it's an idol. Can you see the context? I'm showing you the context. It's talking about communion. Can you see that? In fact, you go behind in the same chapter, it says, and all the people of Israel, they drank the same, uh, they, they, they ate the same spiritual food, and they drank the same spiritual drink, and they drank from the rock that followed them, who was Christ. So eating and drinking again. Church, do you know that everything that happened to man is because man ate his way into all this mess? Ah, did you hear what I said? Adam opened his big mouth, number one, all right? And he ate the very thing God said not to eat. So you can say, any curse you mention, any evil in this world, anything that our, the governments of the nations are, are, are worried about, are concerned for, uh, uh, economic shortage, uh, uh, earthquakes, uh, trials, and God never made this earth to be like that. God even counts death as an enemy. God hates death. God hates sin. You know what God did with sin? He put it on Jesus. God loves sinners. How much does God hate sin? As much as God loves the sinner. Ah, let me explain. You got somebody you love very much who has cancer. Do you love the cancer? No, of course not. But the cancer is in your loved one. Now, question. How much do you hate the cancer? But the answer is another question. How much do you love your loved one? Because the more you love your loved one, to the degree you love your loved one, to the degree you hate the cancer. So God loves you, but God hates sin. And the reason God hates sin is because God loves you. And sin is destroying everything that God has that's good, that's blessing, that is harmonious, that is peaceful, that is health, that is life for you and for your families. God is not a, a joy killer. In His presence is fullness of joy. Amen. Pleasures forevermore. When Jesus, in the upper room, in a few hours, He knew He would be betrayed. In fact, He just sent Judas out. And it was night when Judas went out. What a poetic way of saying. It was night. Jesus looked at his disciples and said, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy might remain in you. Can you imagine a, 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 a man looking like he's baptized in lemonade juice, looking at you, these things I speak to you. That my joy... I remain in you. Peter will say, Lord, uh, I think you need it more than us. <laughs> All right? You need every little joy you need. All right? I think we have our own problems. So the thing is this. It must not be a picture like that. It must be a person who is strong, smiling. Even though in a few hours' time, he knew he would lay down his life for our sins. Looking at them. Hey, guys, 
these things I tell you, don't be afraid. Peace I live with you. My peace I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. And don't let it be afraid. Amen. These things I speak to you that my joy might remain in you. And that your joy might be full. Uh, Pastor Prince, the Bible says he was a man of sorrows. Brother, do that. Since you brought that up, can you tell me where's the verse taken from? I don't know. I'll tell you. It's taken in Isaiah 53. All right, he became a man of sorrows because of his suffering. The only time he was a man of sorrows was when he, he went through the cross, the surging, the beating. He took, because it was a transaction. He took our sins, we take his righteousness. He took, he took our sorrows and we take his joy. He became a curse that we might be blessed. That curse part, I've still not, not recovered from it. A few weeks ago, I told you guys that reading Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. The Son of God became a curse for us to redeem us from the... It's not just, you know, he took, he took some curse. He became a curse that the blessing of Abraham might come on all of us. Don't let it go to waste, people. Come on. You're listening, people? So he wants a joyful church, so they, well, so much just from that, that side. All right, I'm going to show you the background of the same chapter to show you about eating and drinking. And by the way, if you look at the rest of the remaining chapter of chapter 10, it talks about eating, whatever you eat, do all to the glory of God, about eating and drinking. And that's why the very next chapter, okay, it talks about the Apostle Paul saying, now it's 1 Corinthians 11, guys, I receive from the Lord Jesus what I, I deliver to you. But the same night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. The Apostle Paul, in the next chapter, 1 Corinthians 11, said, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The same night he was betrayed, he took bread and said, he broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. In the same manner, he took the cup, he gave thanks, and he says, this is my blood shed for the remission of sins. There are believers who know Jesus is all-powerful, but they're not intimate with Him. What God is after, what creates intimacy, is when you realize it is family relationship that God is looking for. As a thank you for your gift of any amount to the ministry, we will send you Joseph's latest three-CD audio series, Never Alone. Experience how God's love can free you and renew your confidence to live unafraid and bold. You'll also receive a bonus CD sermon, God's Glory Unveiled in the Last Days. For a specific gift to the ministry, you'll receive two powerful DVD resources on God's personal plan for your future. Ordinary Made Extraordinary, Lessons from the Life of Peter, and The Cure for Your Lonely Heart. Peter looked at Jesus and began to do what Jesus did, walking on the water. As long as your eye is on Jesus, you can do amazing things. These inspirational resources are available for you right now. To order, call us toll-free at 1-877-901-4300 or visit us at josephprince.org today. across a guy in a leather jacket preaching some truth and uh, 
stuff and watched for a while, and it, it literally blew my mind. Because he's preaching the truth. He tells us about grace, and he just makes you know that Jesus is here for you, and his grace is all you need. And it just keeps you constantly wanting to grow more and hunger for more and go for more, but yet it's so simple and so amazing. It just blows my mind. My husband um, was an alcoholic for 18 years, got sober about seven years ago, and because of the grace method, no more condemnation, it's really uh, set him free. I said, this is really good news. Said, this is the good news that I've been waiting for all my life to hear. Joseph Prince. The million dollar question that church, the Church of Jesus Christ has is that I know he bore my diseases, not just my sins, but how do I partake that? How do I have access to it? How do I become a koinonia, an intimate participation, uh, participator, a, a, a sharer of what happened? In other words, when you eat the bread and drink the cup, you become a partaker of what Jesus did at the cross. Are you listening, people? Joseph Prince Ministries is a Section 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible for the amount that exceeds any fair market value of the materials you receive from us. Joseph Prince Ministries believes that your ties belong to your local church. Your donations to the ministry are received as offerings to support the preaching of the gospel of grace, as well as the ministry's humanitarian outreaches. The preceding paid program was sponsored by the friends and partners of Joseph Prince Ministries. I'd love to invite you to come on the... Away. 
I'm alright, I won't complain. Oh wow, that's a good thing. Had a good Bible lesson yesterday with um, Felicia and, and Pam. It's really, really interesting. Cool beans. Cool beans. That's what it's all about. Well, you want to go ahead and open us up, young man? All right, do you want to go ahead and open us up in prayer? Lord God, we are civil ourselves, Lord God, as many members of one body, Lord God, coming to seek your will and your way for our for our day, Lord God. Seeking you for guidance, covering, protection, for healing, to for provisions, for deliverance, for salvation, for your grace and your mercies, Lord God. We thank you, O oh Lord God, that it is you who give us joy down deep in our souls, Lord God. And for that we want to say thank you. We want to thank you, O oh God, for this brand new day, Lord God. We want to thank you for another opportunity, Lord God, to come before your throne of grace and mercy, Lord God, and confess our sins in our hearts, Lord God. But even as Sam told on the lesson Sunday morning, Lord God, that we are to confess our sins, Lord God, and our illness and anything that affect the Strengthening us, Lord God, in our hearts and not to speak it out into our mouths, Lord God. That is to give to Satan power, Lord God. But we would not give him power because we know that the enemy, the devil, is a defeated foe already because you have already given us victories, Lord God, over everything that comes upon us, Lord God. If it's sickness, if it's finances, if it's a way with child or our family, Lord God, you have given us victory over the enemies, Lord God. And for that, we want to say thank you. Father God, we want to thank you, Lord God, for covering us as we slept last night. We want to thank you, O Heavenly Father, that you woke us up, Lord God, with the newness of our minds and our spirits, Lord God. We want to thank you that we have the activity of our limbs. We're able to see. We're able to hear. We're able to walk. We're able to talk. We're able to move, Lord God. And for Father God, we're going to guard our mouths, guard our speaking, guard our thinking, everything that we do, Lord God, we're going to guard it. We're going to guard it, Lord God, because you have already covered us, Lord God, and forgiven us of our sins. You who knew no sin, Lord God, gave your only begotten Son, Lord God, Jesus the Christ, who took on the took on a uh, body, Lord God, as a man, and came down and took on the sins, Lord God, that we have committed on this earth. He nailed them to Calvary's cross, so therefore we have the victory, Lord God. Your worst word teaches us, Lord God, that even in our shortcomings and our sins, Lord God, you will cast them away as far as the east is from the west, that they would not rise up against us in the name of judgment, Lord God. So our faith looks up to you, Lord God, for strength, for guidance, for covering, and directions. Father God, we ask that your Holy Spirit will fill this call, Lord God, that you will fill the heart of the man and the women who will come and share share of the blessings and, and testaments, Lord God, that you have given to them, because each and every time we hear of your glory and how you have have consumed the enemy for man's sake, Lord God, on behalf of our brothers and sisters, Lord God, we know that there is hope, there is a, a, a opportunity for us, Lord God, to receive the same promises that you have given unto them. For all your words is 
yea and amen. Anything that we ask in Jesus' name, Lord God, you have already given us the victory, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for Sam, Lord, for getting up out of his day, Lord God, to wake up and to break the bread of life, to share the words, Lord God, to pray, to stand in the gap for each and every one of us, Lord God. And Lord God, it's very seldom that people lift him up, but Father God, I lift him up right now before you, Lord God, that you will cover him, you will protect him, you will give him those things that he Lord God, he sees with his eyes, Lord God, how you have already defeated the enemy, Lord God. He even made a testament on the Sunday, testimony on, on, on the call Sunday, Lord God, that he has gone to two judges, Lord God. Where it should have been six months, Lord God, it's turned out to be three years. But each and every time, no matter how he strives and however he press, Lord God, he has the faith, Lord God, that you have already turned his situation around. You have given provision to him and his household. You have strengthened him to take care of his father, his mother, his tenants, Lord God, even his daughter. And Lord God, I ask, Lord God, that you will give him some of the blessings and the things that he desires in life, Lord God, because he has sacrificed so much for so many, Lord God. But I ask you to move right now, Lord God, and open up the windows of heaven, Lord God, and heal every situation that there is about him. If it's the financial situation, Lord God, heal it, because you can't do it, Lord God. If it's a healing situation, Lord God, in his body, in his mind, his soul and spirit, Lord God. You are the healer, Lord God. You are that balm and Gilead. Father God, we actually continue to bless Felicia, Lord God, as she brings the word, Lord God. Strengthen her, give her provisions, Lord God, so she can make all her all her ends could meet, Lord God. Strengthen Felicia, Lord God, even that her business was flourish, Lord God. And, and Pam and Erica and Maria and Marie and the many others that come on this call, Renee, Reba, Lord God. All the people, Lord God, who come seeking you for grace and mercy, Lord God, let them find you. Let them see your fullness of your glory. Father God, even in this, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that you will give me covering, Lord God, as I step into the classroom, that I would teach those things, Lord God, that has been penned and expected by the state, Lord God, so that these kids will learn and do well on their state assessment, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, for any little community school, Lord God, K-8 school, that they will continue to be on the non-selling school list, Lord God, that they will be a choice school, that people will come, Lord God, and want to be educated, and that knowledge will be brought into the children so that their lives could be better. Father God, I even lift up those who are unsaved, Lord God, that their minds and their hearts will be turned around, Lord God. Let them not think, Lord God, in their striving to do what is right and holy before you, Lord God, but let them press toward the mark of the higher calling that is in Jesus Christ. We thank you, O God, for covering us. We thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for the nice weather. We thank you for Jesus, our Lord and Savior, who bows down before the throne of grace and mercy and calls each and every one of us out by name, Lord God, that you will cover and keep us and protect us, Lord God. And we ask, Lord God, that you will continue to paint the lamps blood of our mantles, of our doorposts, and all our doorposts, those are lentils, Lord God, that death would not enter into our homes or around our family, that healing and life will be sustained within us. Let us not die of a premature death, Lord God, but let us die with, the, with old age and with grace and mercy, and knowing that in that great getting up morning, Lord God, that we have a seat in the kingdom, Lord God, that's in paradise, as Jesus takes reign of your throne. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
I did your number then. I'm on mute talking. <laughs> oh, shoot. I was at amen. Anybody else on that want to pray? <laughs> mm, 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 that's funny. I don't know if anyone else is on the call yet. Are they on yet? I have no, I'm have not on a computer, so I have no idea. Normally it would be Lisa, Erica. Erica's phone is acting crazy, so who knows with her. And then, uh, well, you, know, you know, you got a crazy phone for a crazy person. Wow. Mm-hmm. Is Two words. Is that an amen? amen? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> you better yeah. be my sister alone. Nah, well, somebody got to mess with her. <laughs> I believe he's on her toes, don't you think? You said what? on her toes. <laughs> All right, let me go ahead and pray. Father God. Thank you, Lord. Okay, Arthur, you ready? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just repeat after me. Sure. Jesus. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I thank you. For choosing me. You can you hear me, Arthur? Okay, because I know I know you be going in and out. Okay, Lord, I am ready to go to the next level. Let that anointing fall upon my life. You have chosen me as your vessel to walk into this next level of anointing. You have called me, Lord, because I have proven myself worthy and obedient to do that which you've called me to do. I accept this honor and receive it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen.
All righty. Yet, of course, and Brandon, Father God, this man of God has said, of course, that accepted that which you wanted to give him, Father, yet, of course. So, Lord, begin to bestow upon his life. Shitaran, begin to bestow upon his heart. Shitaran, begin to bestow upon him. Shitaran, that which you desire to give, Lord. Holy Spirit, move and manifest in a unique way. Move Rashida and manifest high right now. Let that begin to fall upon his heart. Let that begin to fall upon his heart, Lord. He has said, yes, you're now anointing him for this next level. You are now anointing him for this new thing. Mm. You now are positioning him where you want him to be. So he can begin to go forth down the pathway that you provided. Let him walk and move as you have called him to move. A man of authority, of might, and of power. But when it comes to you, Daddy God, he is open, humble, and submissive. So Jesus, let us walk in that capacity. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, I'm saying, brother, man, this next level. Woo. Mm. All righty. Father God, continue to move Russia. Ask that you want us to move or Russia to the Kumboka. Continue to open us up, Father God. So we can do that what you want us to do. Continue to speak to our lives and our hearts. As you're transforming us, shit, into the men and women of God, shit, go son, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. And amen. And amen. All righty. Anybody else on the line want to pray? Want to speak up? Any of those lovely things? Take that as a no. And I'll go get my list. I'll let the song play for a minute.
Okay, Morgan Farley. Rush to go run to go say 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 to go Courtney Collin Brandon, who should go say she to 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 go Nick Brandon, Holly, Samantha, who should go say, 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 Joshua follows you. She to go say, 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 Girl tried to commit suicide. Oh, she to go say, 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 she to go Dara Jackson, who should go say, 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 should go Amen. Hey, Nancy, how you doing, baby? 
I'm good. How about you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. You still finding money? Yes. <laughs> we finally I... finished uh, Saturday, and the count was almost three thousand dollars. Wow! Now that's a nice part-time that... job. <laughs> exactly. So she's like, uh, my mom's just, you know, investing it back in her. Like she paid off a couple of credit cards that had, you know, two or three hundred dollar balances on them and stuff like uh -huh. that. And um, groceries, and if we need a nurse to see about her, we'll, we'll get somebody over there part-time, you know, to see about her and stuff like that. So, well, that's a beautiful yes, thing, sir. my dear. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, sir. I'm getting ready to head into the building. And uh, you have a good, blessed day. All right, you do the same, and I'll text you when it's time for the reading. Thank you. Bye-bye. All righty. Sakara. <laughs> Lamanda, Lady on Cottage Grove, push it. Oh, righty then. Push it to go fish, it to go fish, it to go fish, it to go saga. Push it to go fish, it to go fish, it to go saga. Push it to go fish, it to go fish, it to go saga. Push it to go fish, it to go saga. Suck it up. Okay, I'm gonna leave that as is then, because I don't see him. Okay, Lady on Cottage Grove. Susie Webb, Lamanda. White and Jimmy McComb, push it to go fish, 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 it to go saga, push it to go fish, it to go fish, it to go fish, it to saga, rumble it to go saga, rush it around it to go saga, 
the Reddick fam, Eugene Rogers, shit, shit, go say, 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 Shiraganda the ghost say shit a ghost say shit a ghost say shit a ghost say shit a ghost say Torasaraka shit a ghost say shit a ghost say shit a gasa Rondiki the Ganda shit a ghost say Sakara Okay Egg and Lavinia Hush to go say shit a ghost 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 say Sakara William and Anna Phillips Hush to go say shit a ghost 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 say shit a Sakara Bonita, Ronda to go say she 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 to go say The Reddick family, Eugene Rogers, Sherry and Pat. Okay. On that, who she to go say 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 she to go who should go say she 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 Okay, what we got? Um, Lashawn Rush to go say she 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 to go say Rush to go say she to go say she to go say she to go say she to go Barbara Salter, who she to go say 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 she to go Alyssa Noah, hush it go say she go say she go say she go say she go Angie, who should go under the bush? Should go say, 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 should go
Who should go say should go saga sakara? Donald Trump. Who should go say should go say should go say should go say should go saga? Who should go say should go say should go say should go saga? Who should go say should go say should go saga sakara? Belinda. Who should go say should go say should go say should go say should go saga? Who should go say should go say should go say should go saga? Horasaka sakara. Brandon Allen. Who did the combo should go say should go say should go say should go Brandon, Belinda, Donald Trump, Angie, Michael, Angela, Alyssa, Noah, Stan, Bob, Lashonda. Okay. Busting found me. Who should go say she 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 go saga? Who should go say she go say she go say she go saga? Who should go say she go saga? Sakara. Jenkins family. Hurra the Gondra, she go say she go say she go randaka. Hurra the go say she go say she go randragosa, she gasa, sakra. My business. Who she go say 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 Michelle Crockett, hush it go say she go say she go say she go saga sakara. Vanessa, hush it go say she go say she go say she go say she go saga sakara. Marguerite Lowe, Rumble go she go say she go say she go say she go saga sakara. Steelman College, hush it go say she go say she go say she go saga sakara. Punch Jelly Jenna, Kanisha Aiden and Charles, hush she go say she go say she go say she go saga sakara. RC, who should go say she go say she go say she go say she go saga sakara. Felicia, Randy to go say she go say she go say she go saga sakara. Lani, Randy to go say she go say she go say she go saga sakara. Legacy, Yoroko Randy to go say she go say she go saga sakara. Lisa Brown, Rushi to go say she go say she go say she go say she go saga sakara. Tony Agnew, who should go say she 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 go saga sakara. Maria Mathis, who should go say she go say she go say she go say she go saga sakara. Chris, who should go say she go say she go say she go say she raga sakara. Hajj Junior, Randy to go and Randy to go and Randy to go and Ragasa sakara. Pam Scotty, who should go say she go say she go say she go saga sakara. TCC, who Randy to go and Ragasa sakara. Mastermind Group, who should go say she go say she go saga sakara. President Obama, Randy to go say she go say she go saga sakara. Alana, run to go say she go saga sakara. My parents, who should go say she go saga sakara. Dale Lacaranda, Lorenda Grashida Grashara sakara. Rose Johnson, who should go say she go saga sakara. Donald Luster, who should go say she go say she go saga sakara. Reggie, who should go say she go say she go saga sakara. Wajin, who should go say she go say she go saga sakara. Rose Hospital Community, who should go say she go say she go saga sakara. Mark and Charles Jr. Who should go say she go say she go saga sakra. Pastor Mark who should go say she go say saga sakra. And myself who should go say she go say she go say she go saga sakra. And everybody else on the back of the list. You need to go to the gander 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 to go saga sakra. Alright, and last but not least, the crack out. Bush grandi de go bussa saga. The Illuminati, ha, yere de kumbu kika, ha, yere de kusa, shalakada. Bell worshippers, yumbushkirandiyaka, shalakada.
the Satanic After School Program. Buti de Gasande Sakara. And that's my four listuses. Anybody want to do listuses? Okay, anybody want to do a list of sis going once? Anybody want to do a list of sis going twice? Anybody want to do a list of sis going three times? All right. The season hospital, she'll go around to go stay, she'll 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 go stay, go stay, she'll go stay, go stay, she'll Unsaved, who should go say she go say she go sarga, sakra. Abusing addiction, she did go under us, she go say she go sakra. Congregations in church, you under the gun to rush, she go sakra, sakra. Prisoners and missionaries, she should go say she go say she go say she go sarga, sakra. Friendship and ministry in the family, she should go under us, she go say she go sarga, sakra. Walking in the realm of the supernatural, who should go say she go say she go sarga, sakra. Knowledge, wisdom, understanding. Who should go say she go say she go saraga sakara. Discernment. Who should go say she go saraga sakara. Peace surpasses all understanding. The render go she go say rasa sakara. Financial breakthroughs and turnover. She should go say she go say she go say she go saraga sakara. Growth and our gifts and our fruits. She should go say the grande go say the grada sakara. Health, healing, restoration. Yada to go under go sarga sakra. Renewing our mind. Shukra under go sarga sakra. Renewing of our youth. Rush to go sarga sakra. And praying up for our youth. Rush to go sarga sakra. Supernatural, superhuman strength. Rush to go sarga under go sakra. Financial breakthroughs and turnaround. Health, healing, restoration. Um, growth and our gifts and our fruit. Grace, mercy, and favor. Rush to go say she go say she go say she go saraga sakara. All right, that's all of this. Okay. Cool. Cool beans.
to the reading. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Harambo crashed it go horumbo crand it go say she 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 go son run it go sandy she go braca daca. Harand it go say she 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 and run it go saca caca caca. Harand it go sacas and did it combos crand it go seke. Harand it go say she go say she go say she go say she go seke. Horrendi de gosseshi 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 de Mm-hmm. 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 Alrighty then. Yeah. These few examples illustrate how sin and self do differ from each other. As we proceed in our spiritual walk, we should discover many more instances of how sin may be absent but self fully present. It almost seems inevitable that self will creep into the most holy work and the noblest spiritual walk. Having long been bound by sin, the child of God easily construes freedom from his power to be life par excellence. Just here lurks the greatest danger in the days ahead for this one who now concludes that all perilous elements within him have been rooted out. He is unaware that even if the old man has died to sin and the body of sin is withered, sin nevertheless has not died. It merely has become unseated sovereign, which, if given the opportunity, will put forth its best best effort to regain its throne. The believer's experience of being delivered from sin may even continue, but he is not thereby rendered perfect. He is yet to deal unremittingly with himself. How deplorable it should Christians look upon themselves as wholly sanctified when, having sought sanctification, they experience deliverance. They are ignorant of the truth that liberation from sin is only the first step in overcoming life. It is but the in- initial victory given by God as an assurance to them of the many more victories that are to follow. Triumph over sin is like a door. One step taken and you are in. Triumph over self is like a pathway. You walk and walk for the rest of your days. Upon overthrowing sin, we are not called next to overcome ourselves, even the best of self, the zealous and religious self. Daily. If one knows only emancipation from sin but has had no experience of self-denial or loss of soul life, he places himself inescapably in the position of resorting to his natural soulical strength to accomplish God's will in his walk. He does not realize that, sin apart, two other powers reside within him, spirit power and soul power. Spirit power is God's power received spiritually at regeneration, while soul power his own granted him naturally at birth. Whether one is to be a spiritual man or not, largely one, whether one is to be a spiritual man or not, largely hinges upon how he handles these two forces within him. The believer enters the ranks of the spiritual by drawing upon the spiritual power to the exclusion of that of his soul. Should he use his soul power or even a combination of the two, the result inevitably should be a soulish or carnal Christian. God's way is plain. We must deny everything originating in ourselves, what we are, 
what we have, what we can do, and move entirely by him, daily apprehending the life of Christ through the Holy Spirit. Failure to understand or to obey leaves us no other alternative but to live hereafter by the power of the soul. A spiritual Christian, therefore, is one whose spirit is led by the God's spirit. He draws a power for his daily walk from the life given by the Holy Spirit who dwells his spirit. He does not abide on earth seeking his own will, but the will of God. He does not trust in his cleverness to plan and perform services toward God. The rule of his walk is to dwell quietly in the spirit, no further influence or control by outer man. The soulless Christian is eminently different. Though he is in possession of a spirit power, he does not draw upon it for his life. In his daily experience, he persists in making the soul his life and continues to lean upon his self-power. He follows the dictates of his pleasure and delight because he's failed to learn to obey God. To God's work, he brings his natural wisdom, devising many ingenious arrangements. His everyday existence is governed and affected by the outer man. To, to recapitulate what has been said, the problem of the two natures has been answered, but the problem of the two lives remains unsolved. The spirit life and the soul life coexist within us. While the first in itself is exceedingly strong, the second manages to control the entire being because it's so deeply rooted in man. Unless one is dispossessed to deny soul life and permit his spirit life to grasp the reins, the latter has little chance to develop. This is abhorrent to the father for the child of God deprives himself of spiritual growth. He must be instructed at overcoming sin Blessed though it surely is, is but the bare minimum of a believer's experience. There's nothing astonishing in it. Not to overcome sin is what ought to be astonishing. Does not the scriptures legitimately ask, how can we who died to sin still live in it? Romans 6 and 2. For to believe that the Lord Jesus died for us as our substitute is inseparable from believing that we have died with him, Romans 6 and 6. What should amaze us then is not the cessation of sinning in those who have died to sin but the continuance of the phenomenon in them, though yet alive. The first condition is quite normal, the second altogether abnormal. To be free from sin is not a difficult task when viewed in the light of the finished, perfect, and complete salvation of God. A believer must proceed to learn the more advanced and perhaps more formidable and deeper lesson of abhorring his life. Not only must we hate the sinful nature which comes from Adam, but also the natural vitality upon which we now rely for our living. He must be willing to deny the good which is produced by the flesh as well as the evil of the flesh. Do not merely forsake all sins in addition to live up this life of sin to death. A walk in the Holy Spirit is not only committing sin but also allowing self to abide. The Holy Spirit can manifest his power solely in those who live by him. Whoever walks by his natural strength cannot expect to witness the mighty realities of the Holy Spirit. We need to be released from everything natural as well as from everything sinful. If we insist upon walking according to man, not just the sinful, but all-inclusive natural man, we reject the rule of the Holy Spirit in our lives. How can he exhibit his power if we are set free from sin and yet to continue to think as man think, desire as man desire, and live as work as man do? We are not leaning entirely upon the Holy Spirit of God to work in us. If we genuinely desire his fullness, we must first break the all-pervasive influence of the soul. Okay, let's do it again. Let's do it again. <laughs> These few examples illustrate how sin and self do differ from each other. 
as we proceed in our natural walks, in our, as we proceed in our spiritual walk, we just still discover many more instances of how sin may be absent but self fully present. It seems almost inevitable that self will creep into the most holy work and the noblest spiritual walk. Having long been bound by sin, the child of God easily construes freedom from his power to be life par excellence. Just here lurks the greatest danger in the days ahead for this one, who now concludes that all pernicious elements within him have been rooted out. He is unaware that even if the old man has died to sin and the body of sin is with it, sin nevertheless has not died. It merely has become unseated sovereign, which if given the opportunity, will put forth its best effort to regain its throne. The believer's experience of being delivered from sin may even continue, but he is not thereby rendered perfect. He's yet to deal unremittedly with himself. So we're going back to self and sin. We're going back to the different natures within us. So when we're born again and we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, that means we have been separated from sin. Sin no longer dominates our lives. But then he goes on to point out, but sin is still there. It's not dead. It's not dead concerning you. It's not dead concerning the world. So once sin, so understanding that even in your spirit, man, your spirit is dead to God, but it's not dead. It's alive to this world. So when you have accepted Christ as your Savior, now your spirit comes alive and the Holy Spirit moves in. So it unseats sin as as this, as this reigning ruler and reigner over your life. So now we have still spirit, soul, and body, but your spirit is an infant. Your spirit is a baby. Your spirit has to grow up. So now in order for your spirit to grow up, this is where we need to begin to get an understanding of spirit, soul, and body. We need to begin understanding how these three different, the natures of these three entities and how they operate. So now as we're beginning to get that, we're coming to self and we're coming to sin, two very powerful elements. We're separated from sin once we're born again. Now we're separated by Christ. But that self-nature, which we're not even aware of that we have to become aware of, is still very more powerful. Now, not only does sin want to come back and get its rightful place or its old place as ruler in your life, self is still very powerful. How deplorable it should Christians look upon themselves as wholly sanctified when having sought sanctification, they experience deliverance. They are ignorant of the truth that liberation from sin is only the first step in overcoming life. It is but the initial victory given by God as an assurance to them of the many more victories that are to follow. Triumph over sin is like a door. One step taken and you are in. Triumph over self is like a pathway. You walk and walk for the rest of your days. Upon overthrowing sin, we are called next to overcome ourselves, even the best of self, the zealous and religious self, death. Triumph over sin is like a door because of Jesus, not because of you, because you said yes. That's why now you're in. Now you're into the family of God. Ta-da, you made it. You're into the family of God. Now the work really begins. 
There's triumph over sin is like a door. I say yes to Christ. Now I am a ch- I'm in the family. He's written my name in the book of life. Ta-da, I'm in. But now we got to work. Triumph over self. That's a process, day-by-day process. If one only knows emancipation from sin but has had no experience of self-denial or loss of soul life, he places himself inescapably in the position of resorting to his natural solical strength to accomplish God's will in his walk. Okay, let me redo that one again. One only knows emancipation from sin. So in other words, I know that Jesus saved me and I'm born again, but that's all I know. But then I like the way that he says this, but, hey, but has had no experience of self-denial or loss of soul life. No experience of self-denial or loss of soul life. The easiest way that I can explain that is to someone who has had children. How you now begin to not do what you want to do because you have to provide for your child. That, that 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 that's the most basic way to begin to understand how you begin to deny yourself because of something greater, because of something more, something better. You begin, no, I can't do this because I I got it. And even if you're complaining about it, you still find yourself, I got to feed the baby, I got to change this. There was literally the child trains you. Ah! Oh God, here we go. Ah! So the child trains you how to wake up in the middle of the night. Get up, change your diapers, put them in the wash and clean them. The child literally transforms you into a loss of soul life. Think God ain't got wisdom? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's the easiest way I can begin to explain. Because, see, the other thing which you must understand is as we're getting more and more into this, you cannot train yourself to deny yourself. Even if you're doing that, that is not God leading you to do it. So that that's why I'm saying that. So just as I'm talking about we begin to deny ourselves because of our children, well, truthfully speaking, even more in-depthly speaking, if you try to deny yourself because you want to be a spiritual man and I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray and I'm going to do all these things to deny myself because i got to put my flesh down, that's you being a carnal Christian and you're not even aware of it. The Holy Spirit must lead you into these things. The Holy Spirit must reveal. That's why I make a distinction between interpretation of the word and revelation of the word. Because interpretation of the word is man with his understanding. But revelation comes from within, and there's a distinct difference. There's a distinct difference. So God, the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit must train you how to walk in the spiritual realm. You can't do it by yourself. It's not designed that way. So, again, if one knows only emancipation from sin but has no experience of self-denial or loss of soul life, he places himself inescapably of the position of resorting to his natural solical strength to accomplish God's will in his walk. Wow. He resorts to his natural solical strength to accomplish God's will in his walk. Understand what he's saying. You are growing up and you're beginning to get an understanding of God's will for your life. 
So now you're you're going to perform what needs to be done because God has given you a pathway or direction, so now I'm going out to do what. And it sounds good. It makes sense, but it's not the way God needs it to be. But don't worry about it. And I say that because don't worry about it because we all do it, have done it, and some of us may even be doing it now, and we all are to a certain degree because you don't know any better. We don't know. That's what we, we're natural, we're solical. But now that we're beginning to get an understanding, now we need to stop and begin to seek the Holy Spirit and begin to ask, Lord, is this what you want me to do? Is now the time? Am I ready? See, all of those things and the Holy Spirit will begin to come. But you got to submit and seek. When you submit and seek and humble yourself, then he'll begin to come and show you. See, that we talked about before, all of this is wilderness training. All of this is stuff you learn as you go into the wilderness, and God is going to lead you to each and every one of you. He's going to lead you into the wilderness so that you can begin to experience the loss of soul life. Each and every one of you. God might give you a vision and a plan, and you don't even know it, and you're looking at this vision, but he's leading you into the wilderness. He's leading you into the hard times, the struggle, the hardship. So he can train you how to get up out of yourself because you don't even recognize your in self. So that means you're going to get frustrated, aggravated, hit your head up against the wall. All this because I'm a con- trying to accomplish God's will, yup. Because he's got to train you how to get out of yourself so you can even, and, you, and look, you got to learn how to tap into Jesus. How to tap it. See, there, there, there's parameters. There's spiritual laws and rules and regulations that are set in place. You can't just walk up to God any kind of way. You can't walk up to the president any kind of way. And you got more access to God than you got to the president. Not that I would want to go to this fool in office right now. But anyway, I'm just saying. So you got security around the president. So you think you can just walk up into the throne room all willy-nilly? So people in the world have that perception? No. And I'm not talking about your appearance. I'm not talking about your clothes. I'm not talking about if you had a bath in two weeks. I'm talking about your heart condition. I'm talking about where's your heart? You think you're going to walk in there and tell God, really? People on this earth really do have that misconception. Lord. It's, unfortunately, they do. You know, they really, the devil really has them fooled. A rude awakening. But it's funny when a life or death situation surfaces when they truly are at the meet. Jesus, help me, God. It's funny. Oh, yeah, all that pompous proud. Lord Jesus, I'm, you see that wall coming. God, help me. Oh, yeah. So how about get that kind of attitude before a life or death situation surfaces? You think we can do that? But we got to be trained. Because, see, again, we don't recognize how powerful our flesh nature is. But God does. So he must lead us into the wilderness so we can learn how to submit and how to seek and train us. So then I just was thinking about, who was that? Was it Joseph? That before he went before the king, he was in a prison. They took him out, they bathed, shaved, and got him ready. Then he went to the king. Even Esther, 
They got her cleaned up and doused her in perfume over many days so she could be fragrant to the king. God has to get you ready so that you can come to him. And that means getting you out of your flesh. We ain't talking about that exterior. We ain't talking, we're talking about that, that heart condition. If one knows no emancipation from sin, but he but has had no experience of self-denial or loss of soul life, he places himself inescapably in the position of resorting to his natural solical strength to accomplish God's will in his walk. He does not realize that sin apart Two other powers reside within him, spirit power and soul power. Spirit power is God's power received spiritually at regeneration, while soul power is his own granted him naturally at birth. So spirit power is God's power received spiritually at regeneration. In other words, a new birth. Once you say yes to Jesus, here comes spirit power. I'm here now. That's spirit power. Soul power is what you were born with. Your own natural instinct, your own natural character, your own natural gifts. So now there's a difference. Spirit powers from God, soul powers from you, but God granted you in your own DNA, your own genes. And both of them are powerful natures. Whether one is to be a spiritual man or not largely hinges upon how he handles these two forces within him. The believer enters the ranks of the spiritual by drawing upon the spiritual power to the exclusion of that of his soul. The believer enters the ranks of the spiritual by drawing upon the spiritual power to the exclusion of that of his soul. Simply put, you start feeding your spirit. You start feeding your spirit spiritual food. You don't feed your spirit natural food. You feed your spirit spiritual food. What is spiritual food? The word of God. Well, Sam, you just told me I can't just read the word of God. I got to let the Holy Spirit read me. Yep. Well, how am I going to ask him? Well, I did ask him. Did you wait and submit and humble yourself? Well, no. Well, Again, now this is what we do. I, I, I'm going to read. Okay, okay, that's fine. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Let's be real. It's better for you to just start. Well, I asked God, he didn't show me something, so I turned on the TV. No, see, we missed that too. So just start. We talked about on the line. A ball in motion is more easy. The, the, um, that principle, that physics principle, when something's already in motion, it's easier to add to it than something sitting at rest. So, yeah, go ahead and start. Start in your own strength. Start in your own understanding. It's better than not starting at all because, see, then you'll turn around and use that as an excuse. I was waiting on God to come, and he never came. No. But start on your own. But while you're doing that, begin to learn, okay, God, I'm going to start reading in Genesis. But then before you start reading in Genesis, just talk to God. Well, Lord, I'm going to start reading in Genesis, but maybe you might have something better. Or, Lord, begin to show me what this is in Genesis. Just start, but talk to God. Talk to God before you do it. Talk to God while you're doing it. See, that's how it begins. See, God is looking at your heart. You don't even know your own heart. God is looking at you. Are you really, really asking me this? 
Do you really, really want this? Are you really, really ready? See, that's what God is looking at, and as you begin to truly yearn and seek and want his guidance, and then he says, okay, then he'll begin to feed. See, that's how you go from solical to spiritual. So I'm not trying to tell you just sit and wait because you might be waiting for a while because you're still caught up in you. It's a lot of variances of how this works. That's why I say you got the Holy Spirit as your own personal mentor. But just start. And then avail yourself. Open yourself up. Talk to God and be open. He, tr- trust and believe. God is not trying to withhold himself from you. God wants to communicate. But he's just saying, you got to come to me correct. That's all he's saying. <laughs> the believer enters the reins of the spiritual by drawing upon the spiritual power to the exclusion of that of his soul. Should he use his soul power or even a combination of the two, the result inevitably should be a soulish or carnal Christian. Okay, so he says, should he use his soul power or a combination of the two, the result inevitably will still be a soulish or carnal Christian. Now, I just told you to start solically rather than waiting, and I'm telling you why. But I'm telling I'm t- I'm t- because it contradicts a little bit what he's saying, but what I'm saying is open yourself up. And allow God to, because none of us are going to start spiritual. We can't. Our spirits are a baby. Some of us are still struggling to speak in tongues. Some of us, I don't do that. That's what, you got to really, okay, you know. Okay. No, okay, so good. It's not that God is blocking in. These are things that God knows will help and bless us. But we're struggling to walk in it. So if you say, I won't start until I speak in tongues, then you're going to be done. Start with what you got, but just continually seek God and say, okay, Lord, evidently something's going on. Help me, teach me, show me. It's, we're so much caught up in ourselves, we don't even recognize it. We all start off solical, but continue to seek God to help you transform. Help me grow up by myself. Lord, show me what I want to do. Because we don't even recognize we're being solical until, until God exposes it to us. And you might do something at this level, and God says it's fine. You go up to that next level, and God says, no, you can't bring this in no more. That's you. But, God, I've been doing it all the time. Well, yeah, I know. At that level, that was admittable. But now at this next level, it's not. See, all these things, are lo- the, the Holy Spirit trains you, teaches you. It's a process. We got to grow in it. He said earlier that the eliminating itself is a path where we go from precept to precept, line upon line, self by self, just denying, getting over, letting it die. We have to learn. We have to walk. We have to grow in that process. We must deny everything originating in ourselves, what we are, what we have, what we can do, and move entirely by him, apprehending the life of Christ through the Holy Spirit. Failure to understand or to obey leaves us no other alternative but to live hereafter by the power of the soul. A spiritual Christian, therefore, is one whose spirit is led by God's spirit. He draws the power for his daily walk from the life given by the Holy Spirit, who indwells his spirit. He does not abide on earth sinking his own will, but the will of God. He does not trust in his cleverness to plan and to perform service toward God. The rule of his walk is to dwell quietly in the spirit, 
No further influence or control by the outer man. Hmm. A spiritual calling devil is one whose spirit is led by God's spirit. The only way your spirit can be led by God's spirit is you got to seek him. You got to take the time to connect. You got to listen. Remember, your spirit is led by God's spirit. The Holy Spirit is going right, you're going left. Okay, there's a disconnect. There's some rebellion. I prayed for Lisa yesterday. And um, it's interesting in the prayer because it lined right up in what we were talking about with Joshua and Caleb. In the essence, the prayer was because of what God has done and what God is doing, he has not given you the option to turn around and say no. If you were to turn around and say no, it would be walking in rebellion. Not walking in lack of faith, but walking in rebellion. And I'm talking in that particular prayer. Because he is shown, he is speaking, and it's just what he has put in her life and what he's surrounding her with. He's not giving her options. So she's going to cry and holler a lot more. Yeah, pretty much. But walking after the spirit, we have to learn that. God has to train us how to do that. And we got to yield. We got to seek God. We got to find out what God, we got to sit sometimes when you want to move. You got to move sometimes when you want to sit. You got to learn how to just be obedient because he just said do it. I know I was at the building last year, and um, back when I wasn't driving. <laughs> anyway, so I got ready to leave, and God said, no, not yet. I said, huh? I mean, literally, I was just going to walk to the truck. He said, no, not I said, okay. I stopped and took my coat back off because he had trained me enough to listen. To, I didn't even, you know, you, uh, uh, why, why can't I did it to me? I didn't even, you know what? I don't even need to know. It ain't, you, huh? Okay. I stopped. And about a half hour later, he said, okay, leave. Okay. Did something happen? I don't know. I, I'm I'm at the point I'm not even that concerned. Well, why can't you know what? Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Just because he said no. All right. That That's what he's talking about when he's talking about learning, leaning to the spirit and, and, and um, Leaning to the Spirit and being led by the Spirit. But you have to learn, you have to be taught, you have to be instructed. And only the Holy Spirit can do that. The soulless Christian is eminently different. Though he is in possession of a spirit power, he does not draw upon it for his life. In his daily experience, he persists in making the soul his life and continues to lean upon self-power. So now we're talking about the soulless Christian. He's got spirit power, but he's relying on self. He's got God available to him, but he's relying on what he knows, what he thinks, and how he feels about it. Oh, geez, we ain't going to talk about how we feel about it. Oh, good Lord. Mm. Woo, that one there, that's a whole other subject. We could just go down up in. But that's how the soulless Christian walks, according to him, according to that solical nature not according to the Spirit of God. In his daily experience, 
he persists in making the soul his life and continues to lean upon his self-power. He follows the dictates of his pleasure and delight because he has failed to learn to obey God. Hmm. He follows the dictates of his pleasure and delight because he has failed to learn to obey God. It's not that God has not been reaching out. It's that he has failed to listen. God knows where each and every one of us are at. He knows us better than we know ourselves. I mean, Lisa right now is dealing with remedial, some children who are remedial. She's taking them, and they're growing two grade levels. You think God don't know who you are and how to get you to think and learn? You think God can't? Well, I got a learning disability. You got a learning disability who? Okay, Moses. He tried, he tried, I got a speaking impediment. So who gave you your tongue? <laughs> Come on now. We, we, got, we got to be real about this. If we're not learning God's rules and his ways, it is not God's fault. It's because we have chosen either knowingly or unknowingly to walk in self. And I say that knowingly or unknowingly because if you're not exposed, if you're not taught, if you're not yielding, and I'm going more so for a real young babe because you might not have what you need at that point in time to learn how to walk out of self and walk in spirit. So you that's what I'm saying unknowingly. And if you continue to walk in that way, then you can become an old young Christian. You could be 20, 30-something years old. I'm sorry. You could be 20, 30-something years saved, but still a baby Christian. Because you have not learned how to walk in God's ways. Because you have not yielded yourself to God. It ain't got nothing to do. And see, that's the other thing, too. There's going to be work involved. And work involved means more than that five-minute prayer that you want to get and say and think that you can all your problems are resolved. Yeah, I prayed about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, right before the game came on, I said, Lord, help me because I got these problems. And I watched the game, and then my show came on. Or oh, I had to watch, what was it, Atlanta Housewives. Really? Okay. So in, in between commercial breaks, I talked to, oh, oh, okay, okay, all right. See, again, that's our solical, that's our, our, our solical self, our natural self. God has to train you <laughs> about all of this because you don't even know you're walking that way. That's what I'm saying. So you either knowingly or unknowingly. But as God brings us out of ourselves as through experience, just like I talked about the parent coming out of the self to be a parent, it's that same process. You will begin to experience things in life that make you die to self because the only way I can come out, the only way this can turn around is I got to yield, I got to seek, I got to I gotta change because my ways ain't, ain't, ain't working. And God says, oh, you finally listening. Now, so whether or not you're going to be in that wilderness 20, 30, 40, 50 years, that's up to you. It's clearly up to you. Because, again, you cannot grow spiritually 
without the Holy Spirit training and teaching these things. In his daily experience, he persists in making the soul his life and continues to lean upon self-power. He follows the dictates of his pleasure and delight because he has failed to learn to obey God. To God's work, he brings his natural wisdom, devising many ingenious arrangements. His everyday existence is governed and affected by the outer man. To recapitulate what has been said, the problem of the two natures has been answered, but the problem of the two lives remain unsolved. The spirit life and the soul life coexist within us. While the first is in itself exceedingly strong, the second manages to control the entire being because it's so deeply rooted in man. Okay, let me stop that again. Let me back this up. To recapitulate what has been said, the problem of the two natures has been answered, but the problem of the two lives remains unsolved. So the problem of the two natures has been answered. In other words, again, we have been born again, we're saved, but now we still got to die to self. Like you said, death to sin is a doorway, death to self is a pathway. The spirit life and the soul life coexist within us. While the first is in itself exceedingly strong, the spirit life, the second manages to control the entire being because it's so deeply rooted in man, your soul life. Is so deeply rooted in me. You yourself is deeply rooted in you. So it, it, it governs you until you're trained and your spirit man grows. Unless one is disposed to deny his soul life and permit his spirit life to grasp the reins, the latter has little chance to develop. So in other words, unless... You make choices and decisions and grow up and let your spirit life grow up and your soul life decrease. The soul is going to... This is abhorrent to the father. Unless one is dispossessed, deny soul life and permit his spirit life to grasp the reins, the latter has little chance to develop. This is abhorrent to the father, for the child of God deprives himself of spiritual growth. He must be instructed that overcoming sin, blessed though it surely is, is but the bare minimum of a believer's experience. There is nothing astonishing in it. Not to overcome sin is what ought to astonish us. Does not the scripture legitimately ask, how can we who died to sin still live in it? Romans 6 and 2. For to believe that the Lord Jesus died for us as our substitute is inseparable from believing that we have died with him, Romans 6 and 6. So he died for us, and we have died with him. That's how we're dead to sin, because we have died in Christ. Again, none of this is of our doing except that we have said, yes, this is all a grace. We're all under grace. Grace is something God has given you that you couldn't earn on your own. So we're all under grace right now. This is how we have access back to the Father. What should amaze us then is not the cessation of sinning in those who have died to sin, but the continuance, continuance of that phenomenon in them as though yet alive. The first condition is quite normal, the second altogether abnormal. To be free from sin is not a difficult task when viewed in the light of the finished, perfect, and complete salvation of God. A believer must proceed to learn the more advanced and perhaps more formidable and deeper lesson of a holiness life. Bam, right there. That's the problem. A believer must proceed to learn 
the more advanced and perhaps more formidable and deeper lesson of it bore in his life. Not only must we hate the sinful nature which comes from Adam, but also the natural vitality upon which we now rely for our living. Am I saying saying that we are to hate our No. Don't don't begin to think that way. Begin to understand the nature of self. Begin to understand where things are coming from. Where is it originating And as God begins to grow you this, and you begin to see that, then you can begin to say, wait a minute, that's my spirit talking or talking. And if it's my soul talking, then I need to say no. I need to see what my spirit says. Now, if my soul is lining up with my spirit, then fine. Because ultimately, your soul is going to be the one that makes a decision. Am I going to yield to my spirit or am I going to yield to my flesh? Am I going to yield to myself? Because your soul is comprised of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Then you make a choice. This is a free will. So we have to choose to learn and to live according to the spirit. We must be willing to deny the good by the flesh as well as the evil flesh. Do not merely forsake somebody got it. Do not merely forsake somebody going on mute because they got a reverb coming up. Do not merely forsake all sins. In addition, deliver this life of sin to death. A walk in the Holy Spirit is not only not committing sin, but on allow, but also not allowing self to abide. The Holy Spirit can manifest His power solely in those who live by Him. The Holy Spirit can manifest His power solely in those who live by Him. In other words, to the degree that you're denying, to the degree that you're letting me lead you by the Holy Spirit, I will manifest my power. Now, this is why so many of our prayers are not getting answered our petitions, our pleas, and we're wondering what's taking so long because we're still in the self. The Holy Spirit can manifest his power solely in those who live by him. Whoever walks by his natural strength cannot expect to witness the mighty realities of the Holy Spirit. We need to be released from everything natural as well as from everything sinful. If we insist upon walking according to man, not just the sinful, but the all-inclusive natural man, we reject the rule of the Holy Spirit in our lives. How can he exhibit his power if we are set free from sin and yet continue to think as men think, desire as men desire, live and work as men do? We're not leaning entirely upon the Holy Spirit. We are not leaning entirely upon the Holy Spirit of God to work in us. If we genuinely desire his fullness, we must first break the all-pervasive influence of the soul. And that is our lesson for today. I'm his questions, criticism, conclusions.
Well, that was very good. Well, thank you very much. Oh, hey, Bob. <laughs> Hi. It's funny you were going into that because I had just got through reading, or I knew it by heart, I'm crucified in Christ, nevertheless I live, but it's Christ that lived in me. Just before I came on, I had just uh, looked at that scripture again mm. for the upteen time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it lines up. <laughs> mhm. Mhm. Yep. Yep. I mean, and we, and, and you know what? I'm glad that you said that because that's another aspect of feeding our spirit. We got to be diligent. You got to be persistent. You know, yeah. one, like I said, you got to do this when you don't feel like it. You got to do this when it looks like it's not working. <laughs> you you just have to be continuous and steadfast. And, and and if God has told you to speak and confess things over your life. You just continue to speak and confess them over your life, regardless of whether it looks like it, regardless of how it feels. That's your responsibility. Yep. I think it also, that, that uh, statement that uh, Jesus told Nicodemus was spirit is spirit and was flesh and flesh, but we, we, they don't stop at salvation. <laughs> it keeps <laughs> on. You know, it's an everyday thing. Mm, right. Was spirit is spirit and was flesh is flesh. <laughs> Yep. Got to learn. We got to be taught that. Yeah, yeah. Well. Anybody else got anything? Uh, yeah. Oh, with that other scripture, walk by the Spirit and not. Uh, is that in Galatians too? That's in Galatians too, I believe. Walk by the Spirit and not and don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Yeah, yeah. We must eat, must seek, we must yield, and let the Holy Spirit train us and move us according to how He wants and how He feels. And that's one of the other things too. Getting up out of our emotions. Oh, good Lord, that's huge. (laughs) Yeah. That's very huge. All right, anybody got anything? Cause no, you know I go on prayer requests in a minute, so. So. <laughs> yeah, well. Good morning. What's up, Ricky P? <clears throat> oh, not a. Um, I just wanted to uh, reiterate. You know, when you were talking about you know being diligent, you know it's all it's. You know, understanding you know the serenity prayer of being able to manage and take charge and control over those things that we have the ability to and those that we do not we not to try to work on or towards that because the thing about it is um, we have to be very as you said diligent once we understand as we you know early on we learned that our flesh is cursed that regard you know there is nothing you know if we understand and know that that's how we can take our proper standing 
by being diligent in prayer because if you know that that is a fact and that's the case, when you try to work against your flesh not being cursed, that's out of your realm. Mm. There's nothing you can do about that. Wait a minute. So in other words, you say I can't correct my flesh. I can't get it to be right. Right. So why do you work, you know, why do you backpedal in trying to fix something that you can't fix. Oh, oh, wait a minute. You're trying to say from God's viewpoint, not mine, but from God's viewpoint, no. (laughs) Why are you trying to fix something that's out of your control? You don't have the ability, capability, Mm. or the power. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm. So why are you working on something you can't control? The fact, the bottom line is your flesh is cursed. And so once you understand, once you accept that to be true, knowing that that is the case, and you work within the guidelines that God has instructed you, that's how you begin to move forward instead of backpedaling constantly on, by working on something you can't fix, period. So then that 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 walk goes somewhere in that things of we might not be aware that we're doing it and, and God and God gotta get us out of it because like you said, we're trying yeah. to fix it, but we don't recognize that this is something I'm fixing, but we're constantly working to try to get this thing corrected. Right. Right. And those are things dealing with our those are our emotions and being in our head because we try we're trying to fix something that we can't. Mm. Wait a minute, wait a minute. And, and going back again, who says it's unfixable? Right. That that that's the whole point. From God's point of view, <laughs> that, that's what we need to keep. This is what God is saying. He said, God is saying our flesh is cursed. God is saying there's no thing good thing in it. This is what he's saying. It ain't what it does. Yeah, I'm going to mute. <laughs> All right. Uh, and that's why I, you know, I'm a firm believer in doing a self-assessment. You hear what people say, and you pay attention to what's going on around you. But when you communicate with God, God brings about the divide, not man. You can differentiate what to be true based on what God has said, you know, versus what man has said. And you walk in that vein. Because if, you know, if we're trying to constantly fight man or battle man, you know, and man has said something that is true via the word, why do you give any power or strength to that? Break that down a little bit more. Well, for instance, you know, if if man were to say what you had the inability to do, though you don't hold true to what, you know, he has said that you have the inability of, you know, not being able to accomplish, once you do an assessment, you pray to God, you, God will lead and guide you whether or not this is even something you need to, you know, challenge or battle with someone. 
if it falls under the, you know, if it falls under the, um, I guess falls in alignment, rather, I should say, that this is something that God said you should not do. You're, why, why fight against what man is telling you when God has already talked to you about it? Why spend time on it? If you know this is not your path, it is nothing for you to fight. Why do you try to prove man to be right or wrong? That's good. You continue to walk forward in what God has told you to do, and you let that man stay to the side doing whatever it is he's doing. And believe in whatever it is he's believing. So then you're saying I need to pick and choose my battles. I need to listen to the Lord and be led by him and not try to engage in every situation or circumstance which which comes up my way. Right. And really pick and choose your battles via what God has instructed and directed you to do. Because if you keep choosing your battle, you'll be fighting a losing fight every single time. Because if we keep choosing, it's going to be based off emotion. It's going to be based off of our thoughts on what we need to prove to be right or wrong. And my whole point is, you pray to God. Once he gives you your instructions, you move forward. We spend a lot of time trying to battle man and prove man wrong via what God says. And see, we're always in this, we're in this war of words. And then the action and the deeds go still undone. What you're saying reminds me of Jesus, you know, how the, his opposition was always coming at him with their mm-hmm. way. And Jesus was, well, he knew what his mission was, so he never right. wasted time over there with them in the way they thought, you know, the law. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like when they asked, who are you? Are you the man of God? And Jesus asked them, who do you say I am? It don't have anything to do with who I tell you I am, who do you believe I am? Because really what I say holds no credence if you don't believe it. So then if I don't believe it, which is going to come again from within, I'm not walking in faith. And I can't please God without faith. So, again, talking about interpretation and revelation, again, it's got to come from within. 
Because even with Peter and Nicodemus, again, Peter, he said, who told you that? And then Nicodemus, and so all of that came from something coming from within them, which is where the spirit, Jesus knew what it was, but he needed for them to come to that level of understanding of how they're being communicated with. Right. Okay, so all this right here. Yep. Because he, the word has already been spoken, the word has already been given. And so once you begin to question things, it really falls back onto what you hold to believe. It falls back on your faith. Yes. Yeah, I just thought when you said that, I thought about the woman with the issue of blood. At the end of that, Jesus said, your faith made you whole. Whole. Mm, that's true. Very true. And that was the point. Again, had she held true to what people had been telling her, if she didn't have enough faith to fight through that crowd to even touch Jesus, she still would have had the issue of blood. But she had to eventually get to a point to hold true to what she believed. She was working beyond the law and by faith. And right. Because right. <laughs> law, law is against the word. That's already been proven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just 30. Puts off the cap. Anybody got anything going once? Anybody got anything going twice? Anybody got anything going three times? Say no, it's time for prayer requests. Okay. <laughs> who said me first? I thought who said me first? Mm. 
Right, who wants prayer first? Yeah, I'll say for healing because uh, yeah, I got many people that are deal, dealing with some serious things. So I've just been confessing, uh, you know, that folks would, that need to be uh, healed in their, their kidneys and all. A lot of folks on dialysis, a lot of people in diabetes. So I would say pray, you know, in relationship to that. All right, no problem. On behalf of your children, your daughter has been standing on behalf of many people, Father, who have healing issues, Father, sickness issues, Lord. We come before you, Lord, on behalf of these individuals, that, Father God, you will continue to move on their behalf. You will continue to manifest your word in their lives. You will continue to transform them. Father God, we're asking, Father, that you just move, Holy Spirit, and move the way that you desire. You know things need to be done so that you will get the glory, Father. Yes, you should have gone. Holy Spirit, we thank you for a touch, Father. Just as she said, your faith made you whole. So, Father, we just ask for a touch. Give them a touch. Give them a touch, Lord. As the anointing of God begins to fall forth down from heaven and touch each and every individual, Lord. As the word. Father, and you begin to minister to your children, giving them what it needs, even if it's psychological counseling, Lord, even if it's healing, Lord, even if it's nutrition, even if it's just a changing of their minds and their thoughts, Lord, meet them wherever it is, Lord, that they are, Lord, and give them that which they need, Father, because we're breaking down spirit, soul, and body. So, Father God, we need to be trained how to, how to heal our spirit, how to heal our soul, and how to heal our body. So, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to begin to come. Come down and touch and train your children, Father, so they can walk and be made whole in you. In Christ Amen. Jesus' name I say, Amen. 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 Yes, yes, yes. All righty. Who's next? I know my vacation. I know my vacation gave you a break. But I'm back. Is that Maria? Yes, You can get her first and then you can get me. Mm-hmm. You know when you sit in your Hey Romay, why you sound like you're in a why you sound like you're in a um hole? I'm at home. What you doing at home? I go to the doctor today for my results. Oh, okay, 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 yeah. You know okay. how yeah. you sit and you talk about, and you still you're thinking, you're, and you're thinking, you're thinking, you're like, um, nobody knows the trouble, nobody knows the cross that you're bearing until you carry that cross yourself. Um, I sat here and I went to the, had my pet scan done last week. They called me and said my doctor couldn't see me. You know, I had my PET scan done on Tuesday. The doctor's office called on Wednesday and said, we can't see you Thursday for the result. You got to wait till next next Tuesday. So I said, okay, God, I know you're working. Because, I mean, they're teaching me, you're teaching me something right here. You're giving me, teaching me patience, and you're teaching me peace. 
because if you worry about the outcome right now. I have to worry about uh, moving forward and what you have for me. Okay, so I sit here this morning at my desk because I'm working from home here, and the phone rings. And the daughter's office called and said, well, we can't see you today because your insurance, something to do with my insurance. And I said to that lady, I said, the devil is a lie. Because all this devil is trying to do is to steal my joy. It's to seek sift me as wheat. Because I I have been in my flesh for a minute, you know, wondering and worrying, but I had to reactivate my faith. And 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 one of the girls at work called me, she said, Psalm thirty. Read it. Eat it. And I read it for, you know, she said, read it two to three times a day. Because we've been made to do it for a night, but joy will come. So once that doc, that lady called me and said that my appointment, they may, I meant I could be seen today. And I said, that ain't nothing but the devil, but the devil is a lie. So I told her, I have some other insurance. I gave her my other insurance card. She said, well, okay, we will see you today. And I said, praise God, because I know that all this, this last couple of weeks here, I've been pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. That means God's not ready to me. That means I, I'm going to wait for something that I got to continue to do before he comes through for me. But put, put, uh, pray for me. Um, I'm claiming all joy. I'm claiming all victory in the name of Jesus. What I'm doing. Amen. All right, I will pray for Maria. Ya rombo seke andoko rombo ko randike yomboko randike yandorokombo randiriko seke yambo randike se yandike randiriko sa yandoko randiriko se yamboko randike se yandoko randike shike kanrasa kadoko teke shandaka randike se yomboko randiriko se yandaka Rand Help her, Lord. Though we were just talking earlier, it doesn't matter where we're at. It matters about our heart. You know where she's at, Lord. You know where her heart is at, Lord. Help her, Father. Meet her where she is at, Lord. Mm. 
Meet her where she is at. Ye kombost kranire de kodike. Shanrodirika sadaka. Mokondike yara de kondike. Meet her where she is at, Holy Spirit. Ye kombokranirika saka. And begin to transform her into the woman of God that you desire her to be, Lord. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to tell you this. And listen to me when I say this. God says it's not over and no, he's not ready to bring you home, but there's some changes that need to occur in order for you to rise up. So that's saying that if you will yield, seek, submit, and let him in, and then I'm going to say this, do the work. Now, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm about to get you. I'm about to get you because I love you. And I know you. And I'm going to say this, and Erica, I hear you. I heard you when you've been talking, when you were in the hospital, when we on the three ways. And I'm going to tell you right, I hear, I hear rebellion. It's deeply rooted. It's deeply rooted. Now, we're getting, we getting deep here. Just like I told Lisa when I prayed for her, because if she chooses not to believe God, then she's rebelling. I hear rebellion, and it might come from pain. It might, and I'm, I'm being very specific about rebellion, and I'm being very specific saying a spirit of rebellion. I'm, I'm, this is even deeper than your flesh nature because I need you to get an understanding of what's going on here. And, and, oh, see, right, I called it out. I called it out. He don't like that. Oh, Lord, he don't like that at all. But you're going to have to recognize and hear from God regarding that. That means diligence, dedication, perseverance, confession, work. No, I'm not going to put my hands in the name of Jesus. Fear of rebellion. No. No. You got to work. You got to apply. You got to dedicate. You got to be obedient. You do those things that the Holy Spirit is instructing you to, you will live. But if you like you said, and you get into your flesh, you get into your emotion, you get into your hurt and your pain, no, no, no. And remember, we talk about science. You got work to do. You have the option of passing on and going on. God knows where you're at. It's gonna call, it's gonna push you, it's gonna hurt you, but he did not say it's not possible. Father God, grab hold of her right now. Grab hold of her right now, Lord. And help her to begin to see as you see, Lord. Not as I see, not as she sees. Her mama, her friends, whomever. <clears throat> but as you, Father, so she can begin to get up out of herself 
arise up in you so she can fulfill plans and purposes that you have established and ordained for her life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. All righty then. Uh, I mean, I got to pray for you now, Erica. Oh, did I say that like that? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, oh, I get to pray for Erica. Oh, that's special. Happy, happy, joy, joy. You meant it like that. You meant it like that. And I'm good with it. Oh, okay. I got you. I'm going to see you around July or so. I'm going to see you around July. <laughs> you might see me sooner than that. <laughs> okay. Hey, man. Bring it. Mm-hmm. Whatever. So, let me pray for... Erica's list. Let's start out with the children. Yet it'll go and drash she to go say she to go run to go say punch jailer Jana Kanishan Agent Charles she grind to go say she to go on the Ebony Pearson she to go Daria Jackson she to the girl try to commit suicide you to grind Jacaria Bridge she to grind to go say she to the Kanda Aragand to go say she to anybody else on that list though yet it'll go bush and run to go say she to go say she run to go see the Kandraka. Yet it go say she to grand go say she grand go say grand go to the ganda. Yet it go say she to go say she to go say she to go say she to go say. Hmm. Thank you, Father God. Yet it go say Kandra say Kadiri to go bookrand to go say. Yet it go Sandra say to go bookrand to go sadaka. Yet it go say de de to go bookwa. Yara go bookrandaka. Saka. Okay, Lord. Now let's get to the adults. Yeroko Sakara star with Barbara, yet it goes to the Gandara Gondi to go say she to go say she to go say she to go say she to go Andy, she to go Gorandano, she to the Gondrande to Gondi to go send it to go to the Gandaka. Handy to go say she 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 to go say. Her mother, she to go around to go see the Gandara Gondi to go William and Anna, she to go around to go say she to go say she to go say she to go Randaka. Handy to go to the Gasa, did to go say, did to go say, did to go say, did to go say, did to go send Randa, Deborah, Hindu to go say she to go say she to go say she to go say. She goes, she got Randaka, Hundred goes, she goes, and Randago did Gandran, Randago, Randago, Randa. Yes, Father Guy, yet it go did it go did it go did it go to the contrast to go sit 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 to go sit. Yes, Father Guy, we praise you. You're a we record, we give you glory. Sherakasa, Amen. And Amen. All righty. Now let's get to your institutions and things. Let's start with your workplace. You grind it go see your church. You grind it go and your business. Yet it go put it again. Grind it go did it go see did it go did it go grind it go did 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 Daddy dearest, your shadow could boost and run to go see she did it go run to go sanda. At the eyes of his understanding being enlightened, that he may know what is the hope of his calling, 
and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Father God, that Ephesians prayer, Lord, we confess that over his life right now, Father. Yes, you're the go, so see, he can begin to see what is the hope of his calling, Father. So he can begin to differentiate between self and spirit, yet because your Holy Spirit begin to manifest and work in his life, as you begin to transform him, Father, to help him to release that soul walking and rise up in that spirit walk, Father. Yes, you're the go, so Holy Spirit, we thank and give you the praise. You're the go, so you're the go, In Jesus' name I pray, man. Let me hear Tony. Harabote karande kush karande to go say she to go book rande to go sarakandaka. Horashi to go say she to go say she to go say she to go bote to karande kosaka. Harambra she to go say she to go say she to go say she to go say she to go zandaka. Ha, Yarakondeke, yes, yes, yes. Ha, Krashirakosaka, yes, 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 Father. Rumbo Kosirakandraka. Haradeke kosaka. Haradeke kosa. Shirabosa. Hmm, Yaraka, amen. Alrighty. And your brother. Ronde ke se ke 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 ke. Hmm. Hmm. When the last time you talked to him? My brother? Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's been a while. Mm. I know. I know. <clears throat> I need to go to Tuscaloosa, too. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Why you got me praying for him? You already know. <laughs> well, just keep going. You might say something else, but I'm just saying. Keep going. Oh, Lord. What I... It's like some things that are surrounding him, closing in on him. And it's like, you know, okay, I feel something, but I'm quite not understanding. I see something. Well, you know, okay, like as we started on this walk and we started seeing things, no, I didn't see that. We started feeling things, no, I didn't. And we, and we deny it. Cause we don't want cause we don't want to believe it. <laughs> no, we don't want to see it. That's kind of like where he's at. There's some things that's beginning to manifest that he's the God is beginning to show him. And he's going no, no, no. So you need to talk to him to begin to shed some light on some things. You know, you just you need you need to talk to him and. As you all talk, and he said, well, brother, no, well, no, that is real. No, you did see that. No, that did happen. I, I, I can give you an example. Reggie, I was talking to him um, over this weekend. He said that, you know, his family relationships ain't, you know, ain't the best. And so he was talking to his father. Might have been a few days ago. Anyway, he said that when he was young, him and his father had a big, huge fight about his tooth. And he needed help, and they got into a, sh- a shouting match, screaming match, blah, 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 blah. It might have been like he was 17, 18. And long story short, it got ugly. So he was just recently talking to his father. His father has a tendency to go back into the past. And his father brought that scenario up. And Reggie was like, he refused to go down that path. So he just, okay. 
No, you get quiet. You say, uh-huh, whatever you think. But he said he felt the devil trying to get him to go back in that. He said, but what caught him was he said that same pain that he felt when he was 17 years old, he started feeling that same pain in his mouth, and he's 30-something. And he's like, this ain't no coincidence. You know, that, that same pain I felt when I was 17, now because my father brings this incident up, then I'm going to feel that same pain. Now, we can, we, you can what's that word, word? Now, you know, Erica, that, you know, psychosomatic or whatever it is. But, again, it's things that's beginning to happen to your brother that he might play off and all that. You need to kind of begin to, no, dude, this is real. No, let me explain it. Let me, then let me share some things with you. You know, so that's kind of the tone. So, in other words, don't be scared to talk to your brother. You're beginning to find out there that they are accepting you in your spiritual walk. Though you like, oh, I gotta pray for more. I gotta do. No, they're they're beginning to accept you in your spiritual world. They already know you're crazy. So what else is different? So call them up, talk to them, and open your mouth and let God lead you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Did I oh, say no. that I love you? Did I say oh, that? Oh, I was waiting for you to say something. Did I? Did I ever say that to you? Uh, you would say I love to blank, blank, blank you, or I love to blah, 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 you. <laughs> I mean the same thing when I say I love you. It's oh, the same thing. Oh, okay, okay. All right, I got you. I got you. Okay. okay. All right, that's politically talk, prayer for whatever. Uh-huh. Okay, uh-huh. I got you. Politically correct. There I you love go. you. Yeah. Mm. You can get everything in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love you, space. I love space. You. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me pray for you, dear. I appreciate it. All right. Bushkarambo yaka sikere doko ho rombo krandi doko se shi doko se shi doko se shi doko se shi doko se. Hmm. 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 It's like I imagine you like, you know, the bulls or or an uh, animal that has just gotten something dumped on them and they shake it off and they're getting ready to charge. You know, the bull, he'll shake it off and he'll, and he'll you know, move his foot. That's kind of like what you should be your position right now. Shake off whatever's on you. Shake off whatever's attached to you. Begin to dig in because you're getting ready to go for it. You're getting ready to charge. You're getting ready to push for you getting ready to move. And once you start moving, things are going to get the heck up out your way. Mm. Oh, Jesus. Father God, let her see that. Let her see that. <laughs> now, that's funny because he's already been showing it to you. <laughs> You've been turning your head. <laughs> 
No, I ain't ready. He said, yeah, because you know what? <laughs> you know how they hit the animal on the rear to get him going? That's what's going to happen. You're going to get kicked. <laughs> you already see it. So you can turn your head all you want to because you're going to get kicked real soon, and it's going to force you to move. And all that spiritual energy, all of that God has been training and teaching, you're going to begin to go forth, and it's going to begin as a dynamo. It's going to begin to pour forth out of you, and you're not even going be able to stop it because it's going to take control and lead you down the path and command you to walk in a certain way and to show and to move in a certain capacity as God has been training you and you're not going to be able to stop so I hope you enjoyed your little rest your little break because it's time for you to go to work in Jesus name I pray amen <laughs> I love you too. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's Deborah's number, Dad. Been on the wall for the longest. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> okay. Anybody else want prayer? Marshmallow. Oh, Lord. They done let her out of jail. I mean, I'm sorry. I was never in jail. I'm still here. Oh, Lord. They got both of them on the line. Oh, Lord, no. Mm -mm. You got the whole crew on the line. Thank you. Uh Uh-huh. Help. This is a squad. This is a squad thing. We got everybody going for Jesus. Just pray for all of us one night. Erica, help. Pray for them, please. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's what you're here for. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Well, who wants to go first? Kiara. All righty, Kiara. Are you ready? You ready, dear? Is that a yes? Kiara, where'd you go? And they all got cut off. It ain't 11 o'clock, is it? No, it's 10 o'clock. Where did she disappear to? I have That's no idea. Well, well, I can go first. I was just about to say that. Marshmallow, you can go first. When she come back on, you can go. Hey. You ready, dear? You ready, Marshmallow? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Oh. Hmm. Hmm. It's a lot of things. It's a lot of work. It's like God is 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 speaking and showing you things, and and you're hesitant because it's unfamiliar, and I think that's the best word. 
It's like you're seeing and, and you're experiencing, but you go, no, is this guy. He, God, is, God is speaking and beginning to reveal himself to you in a different fashion than you're used to. He's beginning to show you things in a manifest in ways than you're, norm, than you're accustomed to. So you, this is why, this is what you see in these situations. This is what you do. You just, okay, God, you spend more time talking to God. And ask him, you know, you don't have to be worried. You don't have to be anxious. God knows that he has to grow you up in this. So it's not like he sees this. You know, he, 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 he knows what needs to be done in order to get your attention, keep your attention, and to make you learn. So if you really like, God, is this really you? Ask him. Look at Gideon. He fleeced three times. You know, okay, I'm going to put the fleece out and let it I'm going to put the fleece out and let it be dry. I'm going to put the fleece out and let it be wet. Fleece several times. So when God is trying to teach you something, don't worry about you want to, if you're trying to be sure, he knows that. It's better to be sure and sincerely seeking God and to know than in. Now, God is training you and he's talking to you in a whole nother manner. So just let him finish the processes that he started, and you will you will see. Mm. And also, you, you gotta slow it down. You're moving a little bit too fast, and no, you ain't gonna get it right now. It ain't for you to get it right now. Get it out your mind. Whatever it is, I, I need it as mine, and I want it now. He said, "No, get it now. You gonna mess it up. You ain't ready for it. You ain't ready for it. So I'm just telling you, whatever, whatever that is that you want, and if you get it now, you're going to mess it up. You're not ready for it. So now, again, if you want to walk in you, go right ahead. But when you get walk in you, you're going to get your own result. Slow it down. Let the Lord train you. Let the Lord grow you up. Then you'll be ready. Then you can go forth down that pathway that you want to go forth in. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. All righty. Kiara, ever make it on? We're we working on it. Okay. <laughs> We're working on it. Well, she said why her mom wa- called her. Huh? She said her mom called her. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let me uh, make a phone call, and I'll, call, I'll be back on the hot second. Okay, eyes and bees are back.
So I'll pray for my daughter. How about that? How about that? Take me outside. How about that? <laughs> I was waiting for you to catch on. <laughs> Is you ready, child? Yes, I'm ready. Yes, I'm ready. I want a car, Daddy. Start off oh, with no, that. Oh, no, one for my 19th birthday. Thank you. Oh, I, I forgot. She's confessing that over her life. I'm going to walk in my authority in this. Now, that other stuff, I don't know. But in this one here, I'm getting me a car by my 19th birthday. So now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hundred Ha, Father God. Hmm. Yoroko de ka ha. Hmm. Hmm. It's something that you're being hard-headed in. God's been telling you, but you've been tuning him out. You ain't been telling him no. You've been tuning him out so you won't have to hear. See, that's what happens. You know, certain levels of maturity, which comes to whole other levels. Of, I don't know. I don't, yeah, okay. Okay, so I ain't going to bust you out, but, see, you know, us parents know our children. Mm-hmm. So whatever it is that he's trying to get you to do, see, or whatever, uh, he know you tuning him out, and he's saying, you know, that's not going to work, my child. So, Father God, yes, you go run the go the guy said the combo, run the go say she go say she go say she go run the go side the combo, because you want to do it your way. You want to do it the way that you think and feel, and no, that's not what he's called you to do. He's called you to move in a certain fashion to get the results that he desires, not what you desire, and if you do such then it will work out according to how he's planned. But if you walk in you, you tune him out, and you say, well, I, no, see, you don't get the luxury of saying I don't know because that's been taken from you because, yes, you do know. But you choose to say no to God because you choose not to listen, then you choose to get your results. But trust in him and let him increase and move in the capacity in the way. Because, see, that's what really it's all about. There's a certain way that God needs things to happen that you don't understand. And if you do it your way, that is going to cut things off. And people need to draw closer to God from a one-on-one relationship for themselves. So God understands that. So you need to let God move in the capacity and in the fashion that he knows things need to move in, not the way that you want it to move in. So, again, 
tune back in. He know you're trying to ignore him. Say, okay, God, what is it? And listen to him, and then go forth to do what you want to do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Mm-hmm. I should have asked you to pray for me. Can I yawn? Dang. Girl, you yawn and eat. I'm not angry. You think I'm angry. I'm really not. I didn't say you was angry. I just said you was um being hard headed. Yeah, because that's what I get from you naturally. <clears throat> wait, April, wait, April, wait. Junior, junior, junior. Anyway. Kira, are you on yet? Is love tonight. What was that? <laughs> Okay, well, while you're waiting on her friend, you can go ahead and pray for me. Well, get up. All right, let me lift up your fam first. Run to the go station, the go station, run to the go station, the go station, run to the go station, the father guy, you're going to go to the Kandraka. You're the go station, the Kandraka, she's the go station, the Kandraka. Father guy, rush to go station, the go station, the go station, run to the go station, the go station, the Kandraka. Rush to go station, run to the go station, the Kamba. Rush to go station, the go station, the go station, run to the go station, the Kambo. Yana the go station, the go run, the go station, 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 the go sa. Urumbo go station, the Kandran, the go station, the go station, the go sa da. Yana the go dead, the go dead, the go run, the go station, the go station, the go da. Karadera go shed the go run, the go dead, the go shed the go run da. Yana go dead, the go run, the go dead, the go dead, the go dead, the go sa ka. Karadera the go dead, the go dead, the go shed the go shed the go dead, the go dead, the go sa da, the go run ka. Hopo karadera the go dead, the go dead, the go dead, the go dead, the go shed the go. Father God, help her family to move. Help her family to move. Help her family to move. Help family to move. And now I will pray for Pamela. You kind of like in line with Morgan. <laughs> I'm going to tune it out. I don't want to know. <clears throat> You're giving your distractions too much power. Mm-hmm. See, now, Erica, and, and we term it distractions because, they're, yeah, we do need to be distracted from what we need to be focusing on because it can mm-hmm. overcome but that's merely we need to have our distractions in the right capacity and format so that you know what I need I need to break I need a break and then we distract it for that moment then we go back and do what we need to do you have given your distraction too much power so this flipped instead of you using your distraction for a break you use your assignment as a break so in other words, the time that you need to be doing what you need to be doing, you're using it on your distractions rather than vice versa. 
But, Father God, help us to see that and help us to choose and to move in that capacity. Help us to get up out of her, her one, of, one of the things that she says, well, I don't know what I need to be doing. That's coming out of her head. To get up out of her head. Father God, show her how to walk in your spirit and yield to do those things that you know she needs to be doing so she can rise up and move in the flow, flowing of the spirit. See, you touch the spirit, but you're not flowing in it because you're not yielding. You're too caught up in your head and your distractions. Father God, she might even need to fast from your distractions. You, Whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do, you need to do because your distractions have too much power over you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs> oh. Okay, who's next? I'd like prayer, please. And here's Phoebe. You still on the line, Morgan? Yeah. Felicia, would you pray for Morgan? Hey, Morgan. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Huh? All right. Mm. Okay. You have turned the volume down. Yeah, you know, um, okay, Lord, thank you. Um, you know, there's those movies where, um, that movie where, um, have you ever seen the show Saving Hope? No. Um, how about Quantum Leap? No. No. Jesus, uh, give me it. 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 Okay. Okay. The best way I can describe it is this. You're getting so irritated about seeing what you're seeing in the spiritual realm. You're starting to ignore it. And 
the thing is, it's just like um, that movie about um, that movie about Christmas and Santa Claus and the bunny and all that other stuff. They needed the kids to believe to, for them to be able to have, um, you know, for them to live. The same thing about your gift. Don't ignore it so much that you lose the gift that God is giving you. He knows that it's irritating happening. He knows that it's irritating to see what you see. Smell what you smell and know what you know. And sometimes you just want to be like, I, I'm walking, I walk into class. I don't want to see the demon hanging on the side of the building. I don't want to see the demon on the on that person's shoulder. I'm tired of seeing this. I just want to ignore it. If you ignore it too much, eventually you will no longer be sensitive to what God is giving you for a reason. But what he is willing to do is that you have a vacation. So now what's going to happen is on this vacation, on this vacation, you need to recenter yourself and look at everything from a new perspective because once you come off a vacation, you are going to be promoted because of what you're claiming you want. You are standing in an authority that is also giving him authority to give you more power. So you can't ask for one thing and then not expect everything that goes along with it not to come. So, that being said, Father God, we thank you for this woman of God and all that you have bestowed upon her and the gifts and the calling that you have put on her life that she has been holding on to. And Lord, you know she's tired in spirit. And in mind, as you let her rest, O oh God, in you, Father, we speak a, a refreshing in her spirit, soul, and body, a recovering, a renewing, a revitalizing of everything in in her and around her. And Lord, as you elevate her to where you need her to be. Cause her to be strengthened where she is weakened be her strength. Cause her to be deeply rooted, Father God, in her faith and belief in you. And cause her to lay down in the green pastures as you give her rest in her times of, of refreshing, even after her vacation. And so, Lord, we just thank you for all that you're going to do and all that you have done that has not yet manifested in the physical. 
for her to see. In the name of your show, we pray. Amen. Anybody else want to jump on me? Hey. I'm letting you get your free shots in. This door will close in a couple minutes.
Alright, I'm back. After Felicia beat up on my child. <laughs> Did Kiara come back on the line ever? I need to change phones. Huh? No, she didn't. Okay, I'm going to pray for her in spite of that. <clears throat> Father God, I'm going to pray for Kiara. In that situation, and that demon force that's trying to separate her from what you desire for her to do. Holy Spirit, come forth and enter in. Come forth and enter in. Come forth and enter in. Hayaka Sakura. Amen. Amen. All right. Now I pray for Felicia. How about that? Uh-huh. Ready, Felicia? Sure. Sure. Okay. Alrighty, Haramboko Roshaka Randike Yamboko Randa Kasara Kamboko Randike de Kambo Krashara Kambo Krashara Kamboko Yarakosa dear. You're funny. Because it's like God is constantly getting you to come through the back door. Which in and of itself is not a bad thing, and I'm going to explain to you what I mean by the back door. Like I'd say, you know what, Felicia, don't worry about being a leader. You just be the best follower that you can be. Don't worry about walking out and trying to do this, that, and the other. You just be submissive and lead the, let the Holy Spirit lead you. Yeah. So the back door for you, now this is this is what I need you to recognize, is for you because you see yourself not capable. You see yourself, as they said, they, we are giants in their eyes. That's how the Israelites saw themselves as grasshoppers in the giants' eyes. You see yourself as a grasshopper. And from the viewpoint that it gets you to submit and to seek and to walk after God is great. But don't let that be the reason why you don't step out. Don't let that be the reason, because see, that's the, see, on the one thing you say, I can do all things through Christ, and I got that great spirit, but then that, then that can yield you to walk in pride, because you're jumping out there and do things. On the flip side, well, I can't do anything unless God's leaving, then that does keep me walking back and not doing anything at all, which would be stalling and, and, and you know, lackadaisicalness. So, understand the nature of what you, who, or who you are. God, you're moving ahead. You're doing what God's called you to do. You're, you're, you're quietly, cautiously taking baby steps. Just continue to move in that capacity. And okay. don't let fear, doubt, and unbelief stop you from doing what God's called you to do. So don't okay. let that be an excuse of why you didn't do this and why you didn't do that. Okay. You know, and I also say all the time when we recognize 
who we are and how we work, how we learn, and it's another like, you know, I was one who just used to jump off and do things, and I said, you know what, I need to start learning and studying. You recognize your strengths, you recognize your weaknesses, and you make, you know, okay, this is how I am, so then I might need to do something contrary to that. That's what I tell you all the time, you know. You know, you want to pull back and not do anything, so sometimes you might need to step out. So just begin to become conscious about about all of this. As, again, the Holy Spirit will train you, and he'll give you a balance. Okay. He'll give you a balance. But the main thing is don't stop. For you, it's very, very important that you don't stop. You need to always have something moving and going ahead because you'll pull back into lethargy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Amen? Amen. All righty. Okay. Who's next? Move, cat. I'm going to step on you. You don't care. You're just going to stand away. I need a text. I want us one, who else want prayer? out now. So but I know I'll be somewhere.
Somebody give her a different perspective, please. <laughs> I need somebody to pray for strength for my body. I got my first step class. My first this today is my first day for step practice, so this should be interesting.
Okay. Um, I don't know if Erica's on or not. So who else? Okay, dope. Who else want prayer going on? One. I need prayer again. Well, you want it from me or Erica? Marshmallow needs prayer again. Ella needs prayer again. Mm-hmm. Huh? Marshmallow needs prayer again. Well, you don't. The second per, um, perspective. Yes, I do. Oh, so you want prayer. So both of y'all want prayer from somebody else. You want Felicia to pray for you too, Marshmallow? Yeah. Felicia, are you available? Uh, I'm sorry. Yes. Hello? Yes. Yes. Right. Marshmallow would like prayer from you if possible, dear. Marshmallow. Okay. All right. Marshmallow. Uh, all right. All right. All right. All right. How old are you, Marshmallow? 21. 21. 21. Okay. All right. So, yeah. Oh, got a You've been you've been wanting to develop your wings, especially since you turned twenty one. You still have this time for you to be the butterfly that you know. Um, going back to, um, I, I'm I'm dating myself. There was a movie called The Bug's Life, and there was a caterpillar that was like constantly trying to be the, knowing it was supposed to be the butterfly, and knowing it had wings coming and everything, and. It was waiting, 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 waiting. Um, that's you. And you've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And you're like, now that I'm 21, I should be able to fly. Not necessarily. The thing is, everything has you know, the word of God says everything has a season. And even for a caterpillar to turn into a butterfly, it has to have its own season. And it's not time for you to be produced as your butterfly yet. Continue to walk in the process of the caterpillar. 
the learning, the processing, the issues, the situations, and all the circumstances that you've been dealing with are for your butterfly moment. But just like um, there's a movie called Butterfly Effect, and there's a, and it says that if a butterfly flutters its wings in China, you'll feel it in the United States. It's some kind of um, parable. And so that's how it's going to be with you. Once you take off, you might not affect a lot of people, but the people you affect, will it will, it will be a lasting effect once you turn into a butterfly. So be patient. Your moment is coming. It will come when it's time. But if you push your process and you try to fly out of your of your caterpillar stage before your time, you will not be as effective as you would be if you wait on your process to be completed. And so, Father God, that being said, we pray for Marshmallow to continue to have patience with herself and with the steps and stages that you have her going through to learn, to understand, and have wisdom and knowledge above all else of the things that you have implanted in her. Help her to learn about her gifts and about her passion so that she's able to withstand any division, any distraction or discouragement so that she will walk in the glory of your presence and understand that everything is working out for her good. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen. Was that better for you, dear? Yes, it was. Actually, I like both of them. I just wanted like a second opinion. Mm-hmm. Just give a second doctor's opinion. That's what I need. Exactly. All right. Carrots. Okay. Who's next? Morgan, um, when you talk to Kiera, you can do a three-way call with her later on with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what you get, goofy cat. <laughs> He's a goofy one. Mm-hmm. All right, who else wants prayer? Wants prayer going once. Who else wants prayer going twice? Who else wants prayer going three times? All righty, that's what I'm talking about. Somebody pray for me when we get out of here. I jump at once. Oh, 
Brother Sam, Brother Sam, Brother Sam. All right. Hello. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Hello. I'm already going to start off. I love you, so before I even go there, okay? <laughs> no, I just said hello. Mm-hmm. Um, you so shy. Okay. You know, my favorite phrase is, as I minister to you, I minister to myself. And there is a story. And they, okay, Lord. All right. All right. So remember the story about Abishai? About who? Oh, Abishai? Okay. Right. What is she doing here? Make the connection. Huh? I remember the name. Make the connection. I meant, I'm trying to think what did she do? Okay. No, Abishai was a man. Abishai was actually the son of Saul. He was the son of Saul and the son of Jonathan. But he was the he was the son that was laid on his feet from from um he was the one that was laid on his feet. And the thing is, sometimes you feel like that. And you've been waiting, you've been feeling like, you know, I've been sitting here, you know, in the back room, on the pallet, (laughs) waiting and waiting and waiting. More but, <laughs> but you know what? But the thing is, um, you have not been forgotten. Everything that you have done has been written down. But the thing is, it, it's being recorded. Everything that you've been doing is being recorded. Now, will you receive everything back on this side of the other? That's up to God. But what he wants you to do and wants you to know is that it is being recorded. It is being seen. It is being understood of the sacrifices that you have made. But don't get weary in your well-doing. Don't faint now when you're so close to everything that you have been working for. Understand that what you thought you were working for and what God is going to manifest will be two totally different things. Now, if you're willing to accept what the outcome is that he's giving you, you will walk in the wealth that you want and need for the level that he's taking you to. Now, the thing is, because it's not going to come the way you expect it, don't discount it. Mm Mm-hmm. 
yes, you might have that Gideon moment where you're going to, like, use the fleece and all this other stuff because you want to deny. You're going, you're going to want to deny the way it's coming because it's one of those things where this is not what I've been working on. But that's not. That's not. You'll be all right. But you're going to have to be. But he's going to give you the choice to either accept it or reject it. The thing is, if you accept it, cool, you will see the manifestation of everything. But if you reject it, just like with the children of Israel, you will continue to walk. And you'll continue to provide, but you won't have that moment of rest and peace that you're looking for for a long time. And that's where that window or door of opportunity, you have to pay attention. And because you are so in tune, you'll know it. You just have to make the right choice between what you want and what he wants to give you. And so, Father, we come for this man of God. We thank you for all that he has given out. Give it back to him 110%, oh God, and let him find his refreshing and his renewal in you. We ask that you will shore up and strengthen his hedge of protection around him and his family and his seven degrees of separation. We speak against any sickness, illness, disease, infection, cancer, plague, or repercussions that try to come against him. Father, we we know his will is to do your will and be obedient. Continue to give him the strength to do so, even in spite of any weakness or tiredness he may have. For his good and for your glory, in the name of your show, we pray, amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Love you. Everybody be blessed. Well, you know, about time to click off anyway. All right, peeps. I will holler at you later.